Welcome to the Deep Dive, the AFL podcast where we don't make jokes about drowning women or obstetricians at all. We steer clear of that. We talk about AFL footy. <laughs> Just the, the game. Football, the as, game. Yeah. as weird as that might seem. How are yes. you, Mr. Smith? I am very good, Trent. How are you? I'm doing well. Excellent. I just, just told Michael two seconds before we started recording what happened with Mr. Hall on the weekend. And yes. <laughs> he nearly uh, spat his beer out well, all over yeah, the table. Almost had a conniption. Because <laughs> <laughs> he... Uh, if you, if any of the listeners think that it's just a beat up that he doesn't pay attention to the drama, that's that's <laughs> definitely the case. <laughs> you really don't. That was covered everywhere, but it's it's. I knew you wouldn't know, so I thought I'm yeah. going to tell him two seconds before we get on air, so we do get it or on pod, as I should more correctly yes. say, to get um to get a reaction. No, so <laughs> we're gonna yeah. we're definitely going to talk about the game this week. If there's any any week where we're going to be focusing on the game and, and everybody should be, it's this week. Bloody hell! Because yep. what the, a round of footy. Oh, upsets I, and upsets. Had a Good bit footy, interesting commentary to the umpires. Yeah, close games, and we yeah. had three games where both teams got over a hundred points, yeah. which is so. There was actually only two games prior to it out of this entire year up until this point. point. Yeah, that's so. We've had five, and three of them were out of this this round. It's good. Yeah, and it's uh, this is, it's been a really exciting round. So heaps has of been starting round, yeah. Definitely heaps of stuff to talk about. So thanks, firstly, to our mates at Hopster Home. So Hopster Home is a craft beer delivery service. They're really good sponsors of ours. They're a Melbourne-based business, but they ship uh, all around Australia. So what they do is they buy craft beer in and they sell them out to people in packs. So they curate them by different styles, but then also sort of making it a bit seasonal as well. So there's some dark beers at the moment. So yeah. we've had some coffee porters. porters. Stouts and stuff like that. Exactly, so. yeah. So a really good business. Definitely check them out. If you use the promo code AFL Deep Dive in the checkout, you get twenty five dollars off off the first pack, which is that's a great deal. Yeah. yeah, brings the price really way down. Their prices are already really good. So then on top of it, you get a really good deal. And so. Straight to your doorstep. You literally just got to get out and roll out of bed or off your couch and bring them in and. Off you go. I convinced myself to do it because I, I'd been reading, a good deal. reading the ads all the time. <laughs> I ordered a second case. So, no, they are fantastic. So, definitely check them out. Hopsterhome.com.au. Really, really switched on business. So, let, without any further ado, let's bang let's into the back, rounds. All, all the way back to last Thursday night. Last um, Thursday night. Top of, the, top of the table, clash between Tigers and Swannies. That's it. So, massive game on the Thursday night. 93-67. Richmond won by 26 points at Etihad Stadium. A massive game. So I guess straight out of the gate, you were away for a little bit of this round. Yeah, so I was up in Queensland for 40th birthday yeah. and stuff like that. So I didn't get to see a whole... Well, I didn't see any of this game. I saw some highlights over the weekend, but that was about it. No, but the only reason I mentioned this is that there'll be a couple of games where I might talk slightly more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to sort of you know go through it. But you still are you know, certainly across the whole round, so... Massive game, and we said it was it was going to be match of the round. And in a lot of respects, I mean, you can say it was, but then the Dogs Geelong backed it up the next, next night, night, which yeah, phenomenal game, which was incredible. And then the Crows win, which was amazing. amazing. You know, they were nearly thirty points down, and then to and just to run over the top and actually play that a last quarter like we'd expect them to play. Yeah. It was funny before we dive into this game. 
a lot of teams are showing signs of the type of football most of the football world we're expecting to see. Well, all Essendon year. as well. Yeah. Essendon, St Kilda, the Doggies yeah. now, yeah. So, Even yeah. GWS to GWS agree as well. Agree, yep. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely uh, opened up the season for a number of teams now. Oh, without a doubt. So, I mean, look, there's... Uh, firstly, I mean, the big takeaways, I don't think there was too many major losses for the Swans out of losing this game. I mean, I, I we, we both tipped Richmond, so we ended mm-hmm. up getting that one. Uh, for me, I, I thought that Richmond would win. I actually thought that the the deck would suit them at Etihad, and in the end, it, it definitely seemed to... I think they they realised that pace really hurts Sydney, and and I mean it can hurt any team, but it does particularly hurt Sydney, especially with some of their better runners down at the moment. You yeah. know, Rowan, a lot of the, he's had he had which, another really low game, which is a concern that you and I brought up in the preseason yeah. episodes that we thought Sydney will drop off because the game is getting so fast, and yeah. where are they going to get their pace from? So it's interesting to see that. They were exposed on the weekend. Obviously, I knew you would probably agree, Richmond are a better team anyway. I think on paper, yeah. And especially at the moment with... Well, that's the thing for me. I still think Sydney are one of Richmond's bigger threats for the back end of the year if they can get a few of their players right. Because a lot of the Sydney pillars, again, in this game, and a couple a bit out of the blue, but a few of them, again, were down. So... We had Hanbury down once again. So Heaney got a concussion, which obviously doesn't help them on the night. So they had a few things that, that just didn't work. They went with Aaliyah and, um, you know, kind of kept going with, with that back line, with uh, McVeigh coming back in, which whether that was the right decision or not, he definitely got tailed up a few times. You know, they, they used it. Look, he, he wasn't terrible, but it, he wasn't amazing. So, yeah, it's funny. Like, a few of these pillars were just not as good. I thought Kennedy was excellent, but there's there's only so much you can do. Yeah, definitely it looks like Sydney probably walk away, even though they would love the four points, as you always do when you play a game of football, but coming away with knowing more about Richmond and where they as a team lie as well. And as you said, literally, if they face a team like Richmond or Mm. West Coast are pretty similar, do you bring him in or do you go for someone a little bit smaller, a little bit more agile, uh, just to deal with that pace and And stuff like that? I think they will learn a lot out of this game and they might actually take a huge amount out of it and it, I think it's going to help them at the back end of the year so if you can have a positive loss mm. this this might actually be one of them it also I mean look it did expose a few players Kieran Jack was way down only eight disposals so and he, you know he had six tackles so you know he tried but he looks pretty hampered you know sort of in a in a, in a Hanbury kind of way I don't know whether you know we know Hanbury's struggling with injury and I think it's a groin the club yeah. haven't officially said that but Jack, you know, it's interesting with him too. And Rowan, I don't want to go too hard into as well because, you know, obviously he had that horrible situation family-wise with his child recently. Yeah. So, you know, obviously very terrible. So, but, you know, that that could, you know, clearly be, as you know, it's such a terrible thing to happen. Yeah. That could easily be weighing on him. So Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess the beauty for the Swans, unlike last year, they've got enough in the bank um, that a game like this, you get to play a team that we all know is going to play finals and probably go deep to get them this time of the year, have a loss, get to know a little bit more of their game plan. Yeah. could actually be a, a longer term benefit for, for a team like the Swans yeah. um, ha- if they do meet them in the finals well um, yeah and that's the thing I think both teams are going to make finals and I, yeah, I, yeah it's, it's funny with Sydney I think they've 
they tried a few different game plans and at times they got some good momentum and some good run. But, but Richmond overlaps so well and it just makes it harder and harder. And I think the deck actually worked in Richmond's favour as much as a lot of people were saying, not just well, there was sort of a camp of people saying, why is it being played at, at Etihad that, that didn't you know understand that all clubs have to at least play a game there. I actually said last week that it was two. I correct myself here. It's actually only one. Richmond only have to play one game. Oh, wow. So I thought it was two, but they must have dialed it back to one. The, the, the big thing for me is that you know, yes, it cuts people out of the crowd, but then the other side of it is that, look, it, it might actually help them. And in the end, it, it certainly did. So, look, there are a lot of highlights out of this game. We'll definitely go into into it a bit. I mean, clearly, at, you know, highlights for Richmond's Rewaltz was just, he was unbelievable. Phenomenal. You yeah. know, it, 16 marks is, is outrageous in a game. And, you know, he, he was just everywhere and did everything. And he's just party trick stuff. He is He's legitimately all-time great Richmond player, or moving into that mould. If anyone had any questions well, uh, asked about him, like he proved any doubters wrong on the weekend. Like, that was the best game I've seen him play in, in quite years. a while. Yeah, I mean, he said to so Tom Morris asked him after the game from Fox Footy, "Is that the the best game you've ever played?" And he said, "Oh, I kicked eleven before," and it's a good response, and I get it. But I I thought that was easily in his top three games I've ever seen yeah. him play. And I mean, if he keeps performing the way he's performing for a few more years. I mean, you know, is, is he in his cousin's league? You'd have to start saying, gee, he's getting pretty close. Yep. And he's sitting at the moment in and around, you know, the 500s towards the 600 goals. I mean, if he keeps going, I don't, I don't think he's going to catch Richo, given the modern game the way it is. I imagine with his age as well, he's probably only going to have another three to four years, I would say max, where he could get decent hauls. Yeah. As in modern decent hauls, yeah. not, not, you know, you're Hudson getting your five, hauls. You're getting your fives and sixes, not your 15s and 16s. Correct, yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen. That's, I think that's almost out, unless they completely change the rules of the game, which could be on the cards, so who the hell knows, but I don't think so. But in terms of rewild, I don't think he's not going to catch Richo, but he, I, like, he could easily kick 650, seven, even get towards 700, and that, that, would, be, that would be amazing. There's not too many players in AFL no. combined that have kicked over 700 goals, so he'll be in very rarefied company. Yeah, when he gets I think there. that's the thing. I think the only, like, I think Jesse Hogan, um, there's a couple of others that are at that younger age that have already got decent hauls. If they get their body right, they could amount to the sixes, get to the 600s, the 700s, but I think it's going to be real tough to and get to the very rare to see a number of players like that. I mean, you look at how influential and how good of a goal kicker Roughhead is, and he only just kicked his 550. Exactly. So, yeah. But he also played with Al Franklin through a lot of um, a lot of those years too, yeah. which which doesn't help. But anyway, back back to back the game. game. But I think that the thing, the main I guess highlight with that is that the crazy thing is I guess what we're saying is that he can do that, but then simultaneously he's done he does so much off the ball. His defensive pressure, he brings the ball to ground. He's he was fantastic. Yeah, and a lot of commentators have mentioned it over the last six months, especially. Yeah, selfless. Well, what, yeah, it's very selfless, but what separates Richmond from the rest of the comp is their bottom six players mm. are, are so much better than anyone else's bottom six. They all have an impact at some point. It doesn't matter. And then their top end, they can just rotate one week in, one week out, who's going to have a, an absolute bond. They just sense the moment and... And obviously, Rewalt hasn't... Well, he's been good over the last few weeks. And, mm. But he knew that it was his time to stand up, to and, turn, it and, up. And turn it up. And he, and he did that in an emphatic way. That's it. So, I mean, I think Richmond... Look, where the game was won, I think pace is a, is a really key factor. I think Richmond's defensive wall was really strong all night. So let's pivot a little bit into that. I thought Vlostin was outstanding and, you know, that, that sort of lazy incident when he elbowed Parker in the, in the eye. So... 
That was an ideal. Um, but look, it, it's not great to not have him next week from a Richmond perspective, but he was fantastic on the night. That mark he took over, Buddy, I thought was amazing. So for me, look, there, you know, there was there was some really impressive stuff on the night from the defence as well. Yeah, we are talking about the offence before with Rewalt. I mean, Rance, I thought, was excellent. I thought for a lot of it too, I thought Franklin was a little lucky to get off that that incident with Rance, but anyway, that's it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, Rampy, yeah, he was he's just elite. You know, he he just he's a star day in day out. They, you know, in Sydney, they ended up you know obviously losing by a little bit, but I tell you what, he was he's fantastic. Florent looks like he's player, like he looks like he's going to be unbelievable. They've got some certainly got some depth at uh, at Sydney. Obviously, Richmond have. Their reserves had another big win yeah. as well, so they're not lacking for any uh, talents. <laughs> Having Voston out, obviously, he's going to be hungry as yeah. with the week off because some guy's going to get an opportunity to have a game. And yeah, well, they'll keep not... playing Asprey. So yeah, so yeah, it's a, if you're a Richmond supporter, obviously, and we've been talking. Well, I've been talking Richmond up all year because I reckon I'm going to go back to back. But it's a good time to be a Richmond supporter after many, many years. <laughs> well, jeez, yeah. why, why do we follow this team more? So, oh, there were some dark days, I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, no, look, it was it was a really good win, and and they were consistent and they were persistent all day, and that's one of the things that you know there's there, you know a lot of people have highlighted it, but we'll have to mention it as well. You know, when Conker got that poor injury, and it's it's great to hear that he's going to avoid surgery, so he'll yeah, be back really actually good. for the back end of the year, so he might be back. Well, we, he certainly be back for finals. How deep it, you know he'll get, obviously, will depend on form and and, and how everybody mm. goes, but. That said, he's a chance to certainly play this year, which is great. Which is great news, yeah. Really good news. But everyone getting around him after that injury, I thought, was you know clearly a great sign. You know, the, the culture's working. That, you know, Higgins kind of speech that he gave them was hilarious. So, you know, that was really funny to watch, telling him about the Bunnings-style snags and, and stuff. Which yeah, is... they seem to get a... And, and some people are not going to like it because they think, oh, it's a serious game. They, no. they're, they're taking the piss and all that stuff. But hang on, that can just work like if the boys get together whether it's three quarter time or quarter time whatever yeah. and it's just having a joke just to release some energy and mm. just and just bring everyone back down to to get get their nerves in in the right place and i reckon it's great it's good for viewers like yeah some, they're not robots out there which well, it's, is, a, it's still a game at the end of the day as much as it's a massive business yeah. now and when we get that but at the same time it's it's nice to see that you know this kid's just so stoked to be playing football and you know you can barely like, a lot of the players that they could barely it understand was, somebody could understand him, you know, couldn't so that, that, they, they, that they could basically about. not understand a word he said but it was hilarious so yeah no it was and it because that larrikinism was almost taken completely out of the game when, yeah. uh, when the professionalism of AFL football took over in the late nineties, early two thousands. So it's good. It's good to see that um, yeah, they are just humans and kind of like a bit of a laugh. Yeah, that's at it. the office. It's fair enough, I think. So I mean, Rioli was fantastic again. He looked early, especially. He looked like he was going to tear the night open. Butler just showed some really beautiful poise as well. So you know, there, look, there's a lot of signs with Richmond, obviously, that these they're going to be really tough to beat this year. And I know they've had some some losses away, but they'll win some games away between the between here and the back end of the year. And I, I don't don't see them being in too much trouble. But nah, especially when you've got to go through Chicago. That's it. And that's what we've been saying. It sounds like you're going to have to. So a few little tactic things I wanted to to bring up as well. McCartan using him. So there was a tactic early where. 
I don't know whether this was necessarily a tactic or Richmond forced this. It was hard to tell, but it might have been they were just forced to do this under the, the pressure they were on from Richmond. But McCartan was sort of that high mark, and then they used him to sort of try to chip in. And he's a good mark, not a great kick. Not so great. it worked 50-50. So mm. it kept, they kept doing it. There was three or four incidents in the first quarter and a little bit in the second where they were using him as, as the delivery, and it was working here and there, but... He's just not a kick. like, And it's fair yeah. enough. He's just started. Yeah. So, And whether it was Richmond's ploy or just some of uh, Sydney's players being down is the amount of possession having to fall on a handful of players at Sydney. Mm. It makes it difficult if only a few people are getting their hands on the ball to win a game of footy. Obviously, you've got 22 out there, so you probably want a good 10 to 12 having a, an influence as far as number of possessions go. Mm. But um, if I read your notes correctly there, is that right? What's that? Three players with a third of all possessions for Sydney? At one stage, At yeah. one stage. That's, so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so. quality players in that list, but... I, it, it, it was like ridiculous. It on, even, yeah. even though I didn't watch the, the whole of this game, you did notice that yeah, it was your your Kennedys and your Parkers constantly being being there for Sydney. Parker was excellent all night as well. Yeah, yeah. with that, they really kept them in it. I thought in a way that you know those 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 two or three really sort of kept them going. Mm. Yeah, look, it was interesting that also they, they did the whole buddy decoy thing. They would, from an offensive sense, they would set up initially as though they were going to go high and then they would wait for Buddy to come forward and then they would go deep. So they did use Buddy as a decoy a few times, but the Richmond players got a read on it pretty quickly and it just didn't work. So it worked for a goal or two and then that was it. So being a astute um, viewer of AFL and funnily enough, just being a Richmond supporter as well, is this the type of game where Longmire should have actually just gone one out and had Buddy v Rance and just told everyone else to get out and just to see if Buddy could do what Buddy can do? Or is that read? too much into the game as far as Richmond are too smart they just wouldn't allow that to happen no I think that well the the great thing about Richmond is they they have enough overlap run now and and they have enough defensive pressure that I don't think it would have mattered no it wouldn't have mattered I don't think that would have made a difference I think that would have made them really predictable going Mm. forward and I think then they would have just peeled off and double teamed Buddy each time they tried to go for him I think that would have that would have yeah just not resulted in much at all. I think that would have made it worse. Made it worse, yeah, cool. That's right, yeah, I wanted no, to no. see, because I've heard some rumours saying, like, sometimes Sydney should really go, just leave Buddy to do Buddy things, but then you look at a team like Richmond, who, yes, Rance is the number one defender, but they're also good, and as a team, they work as a team, that I wouldn't have thought it would have been a good team to play against, and I just wanted to get your... Um, no, I don't, don't opinion think it, about it yeah. because obviously you saw the saw the game and would have watched mm. it a bit deeper than some other people did. So yeah, good to hear. I don't think that would have made much of a difference for a few re- different reasons. I, I just think and and Ranson and Buddy was not the highlight of the match. I mean that happened a little bit, but it was not. You know, Jakovic Carey, they weren't on each other for massive lengths of the, mm. of the game. You know, Vlosten took a mark on Buddy's back. Like, there were there were heaps of incidents where other people um, played off him. It yep. didn't help, you know, from a scoring perspective for Sydney. It, it clearly didn't help, and I acknowledge this off the top, that, you know, losing Vlo- uh, Heaney, sorry, so early, obviously is not, not ideal. Not ideal, yeah. Yes. I mean, Especially when Jack doesn't hit the scoreboard, Hanbury doesn't hit the scoreboard. You know, a number of these players just just don't. Um, McCarden got a point, so a lot of Florent, I thought, you know, really tried. He got two goals, but yeah, yeah. and he does take a lot of pressure well, off because a he reads the ball well off a pack, or he can go one out on his own and and lead up and mark and kick because he's 
pretty talented player. Well, we said last year, fast. I mean, we, we didn't have a podcast then, but we said last year a massive reason why uh, Sydney lost their first six games was Heaney had glandular fever. Yeah. That was, he was a, he's a serious out. He's a serious out, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, at really fascinating game. I mean, they, they did try different tactics. At, at times, they were a little bit too buddy-centric, and at times, they weren't enough. And it, it, it is such a hard dilemma with this club to get right where the pieces fall. But they, they Sydney really need to get a little bit more goal from their midfield and mm. it's not helping that Hanabry is consistently not I mean he hasn't kicked a goal all year yeah so so like we're, we're and while 16 he's, rounds in and that's the thing while he's down that means one of the other more likely goalkeepers is your Parkers or your Papley's have to do and do the grunt work well Papley's usually another stuff, one usually stuffed by the time they get there so, so it's Papley not looks, ideal having Heaney no, down sorry yeah Papley looks like he's out next week as well yeah well so. but yeah yeah it's it, it, it's it's fascinating how the game played out. I really enjoyed it from a tactical perspective because there were a lot of really interesting factors to it as, as we've spoken about. And, you know, Ronk is good, but he's not going to be a player that can kick three, four, five. I know he, kicked, he obviously he did that, had that night when he kicked seven, but I, I just don't... He, so he kicked... He was really good early. He kicked two, and then that was it. That he, was it. He, he did drift off, and, you know, he did really get shut down. So... And I, 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 they've got to figure out what's going on with Rowan as well. As I said, that's it's just not helping. Prestia looked undercooked, but it was because the, the level was high. Uh, he just... He, 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 yeah. It'll do him good playing, yeah. but, yeah. He's going to take a while to get up to AFL pace again. And that's definitely. what we keep saying. Like, it takes time... He looked 20, 25% off. And at AFL level, that's, it's a long way, long way away. The Tigers are still able to win. Yeah, La- La- <laughs> Lambert was fantastic as well. I thought the... He's the, such an underrated player. Soup, no one talks about him. No. I, I've highlighted it here because I think... Richmond do, obviously. We, well, we've gone to mention him four or five times. We just haven't had a chance. Hewitt's tag on McCartan, on, um, not McCartan, on Martin was... was Fine, but yeah, it didn't. It wasn't as impactful as he's had. He's been underrated. I think he and Ben Jacobs have been the two better tags this year. Yeah, absolutely. Off the top of my head, and I thought he was really good. Cochin, you know, put his head over the ball and just kept pressing. And so yeah, look, it was a excellent game from both teams. Richmond just that little bit more polish, and you know, just getting goals from from more sections of the yeah. ground. That's the thing. I mean. Nan Curves, I thought, was was excellent. I thought he probably won the ruck. He, he lifted against his old team. Rewald, obviously, outstanding. Um, even Vlosten got a goal as well. So that's the thing. They, they've got so many options now. And, and yeah, Butler with the poise, he, you know, he's just fantastic. Get him one out. Even with Caddy being down, Caddy's been getting big hauls recently, 1-1, one, one, and they still were able to kick um, nearly 100 points. So, yeah, it's, yeah that, that's the thing. They just have so much spread. and Very ominous. Ominous. Ominous signs yeah. for the rest of the AFL that um, they can have some down patches and players not at 100% where they'd like them, yet still walk away with a fairly convincing win against a fellow top four. Well, they were second on the ladder. So to have that much of a break on the competition is, um, yeah, scary signs. I think the, the thing too is like they're, they're just so good. There's such a good pressure side and knowing when to go and when to not. That You know, Sydney at times were butchering it going inside 50 and this is not an amateur outfit as you just highlighted. These guys really know what they're doing. But against a Richmond, they just didn't look anywhere near as polished. Mm. So it's fascinating to, to see and I just think that the big thing for me as well is Sydney, the pace is a real issue and as a result... 
their rebounds are so slow. So, and so many times I was like, far out. Like, they're, you know, they obviously, you know... Uh, Which makes them predictable, means players can set up, they can get into the back half really they, quickly. They'd be and... four or five metres short of where they need to kick it. It was yeah. consistently like that. So, yeah, yeah it's a, it a really interesting game. I think, I think it highlighted for Sydney a lot of their deficiencies, which is good and bad. Um, probably more good, I reckon, at this stage. And then they can figure out, because they've won enough games, it's not like they were playing tonight that night to... You know, stay in the eight or anything like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Grundy is always fantastic. We don't need to go through that again. He's always amazing. One other thing I wanted to highlight. So a lot of I know because we don't listen to any podcasts really or TV shows before we record because we just want to have our own opinion. But a lot of people highlighted that the Swans had, you know, well they they still do technically have such a, a quality record at Etihad. So that actually won fourteen out of their last fifteen at Etihad prior to the night. So now it'd be fourteen out of the last six. But I, I had that in the notes for the preview. The reason we didn't mention it, well, partially time, but the other thing was that a lot of the teams they've played are not the top teams. Top teams. Like they've no. played Carlton like a bunch of times, they, and they've been clearly way down. They played the Dogs there last year as well. The Dogs have been, you know, they've been close and they've gotten over yeah. them a couple of times, but they haven't played top sides there. So I don't think that was as much... Richmond were in better form, and as a result, you know, yeah, they won. It's so. like, I, I don't read too much into... Hawthorne in Launceston either because they don't play, they don't drag the big big clubs down there. No, uh, they occasionally get a good interstate club down there, but that's what it is. So yeah, it's 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 not a it's not an even playing field when you're constantly playing those teams that are at the bottom of the bottom of the ladder at a at a venue. It's, yeah, you can't read so much into it. So I mean, look, Richmond did take their foot off the gas a little bit in the third quarter and let Sydney back into it, but it wasn't a massive issue. They always looked fairly in control. It always felt like, especially when Heaney went down, it just felt like it just wasn't going to be their night and that they would just be that little bit short. So, But look, excellent game, and, and it'll be fascinating to see what the Swans do in the off-season. They've got a, a couple of pieces that a few people might be interested in, and you know whether they go for some top-ups there that can assist some of their deficiencies, and there are a few players that I think that they should target, which we'll, we'll yeah. talk about as the season goes on. I thought Broad was actually pretty good as well for Richmond. I mean, I think he's obviously had his issues, but he was better, and he looks like he might be part of this 22 so that that was interesting to see as well but yeah look I think Sydney you know doesn't get any easier they've got Geelong next week who you know coming off a loss that they um, absolutely shouldn't have um, had mm. so that'll be fascinating. Be fascinating game next week um, yeah. so yeah really interesting to see where it goes and we'll go further into Sydney in the preview because there is a couple of things we're wanting to mention but Richmond obviously look really really good so yeah absolutely so keep moving, moving yeah I, we probably because there's so much to talk about just in the games we probably won't need to touch on the stats too much otherwise we will be talking for probably hours. not I mean look the main thing out of that that look the game just gone I mean disposal efficiency slightly more to Richmond as you expect they, they won contested possessions 143 to 152 so not sort of too much to highlight no out of there. Marks inside 50. I mean, Richmond, as we already highlighted in terms of the rebounds and the pace, Marks inside 50, 17 to 6. So as that, that number's obviously going to be down if you're having those deficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. And then tackles inside 50, uh, 12 to 8. So Richmond's still ahead in the tackles inside 50. And as we highlighted, the pressure. Even so that's, more ball, yeah. Exactly. So, and then inside 50, 62 to 43. They just had far more chances. And, you know, that they, you know, even though 
Richmond are a little inaccurate at times. They were still pretty good, and they, they did enough. But, yeah, I think a few of the games, there's probably not... There's a couple. I think the GWS Hawthorne game, the stats out of that game are pretty wild. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> stacked on stacked on the uh, Giants side. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But um, now let, let's go into Friday night. So Friday night, Western Bulldogs versus the Cats in an incredible game, one hundred three to one hundred one. Incredible shootout. Doggies by two points. Harry Taylor misses the kick after the siren. Does the uh, the old stabby hooky? Yeah, even kick. A, but a anyway. little bit before that, he. Same angle, a little bit further out, and he's got this most beautiful, fluent goal-kicking action. But mm. when he gets within, unlike there's lots of players, not just not just Harry, that when they're closer to goal, they change everything. Mm. And yeah, um, got that idea. Yips a got, little bit. Got the yips and likes to float back and take it a bit easier when he's closer. But I don't know. It was, it was distracted by all the players. But it probably didn't help that the other think, eighteen players were in front of him. So just so this is clear, the I, the player. So you are actually allowed to do this. I saw a lot. Of people saying that is that illegal? So as long as the player on the mark is the closest player, yeah, there. If everyone's behind him, that's fine. And whether there was one or two ahead, obviously we can't see on that. We'd have to see it from the correct angle and mm. measurement and stuff, and so on and so forth. But well, yeah, there's no you are allowed to be. You can stand anywhere you want, correct? As long as because otherwise you wouldn't. If, if you ever watch someone going for goal in a pocket on the line, you'll see that there's three or four players. The umpires are very clear of the line where they're allowed to stand, and you can have as many players on the mark as you want. Yeah, and that's not the first time it's happened, by the way. I, no, I, you I saw it all the people... time in the exactly. 70s and the 80s. Yeah, yeah. they haven't changed that rule because it's an absurd rule. Like, where can you and can't you stand behind the mark? Like, they've got to stand somewhere. So I saw yeah. a few people saying, oh, I've never seen that before. And someone highlighted here and here, also then, and then here. So it's happened a stack of times. Yeah. Well, let's, so, let's be honest, it's not too many games where there's a kick after the siren to no, change. You the, pretty much get one or two a year. It's not yeah, a common But if you go scenario. back to some Hawthorne-Geelong classics over the last few years, you'll see it happen in almost every single game. Well, there's two that I can think of. Bartell kicked that point, and then yeah. obviously the Hawkins... That was the that was the best one I've seen. There, there was a heap in of Geelong, well, there was a heap of Geelong players that mm. were on the mark for Izzy's kick no, in yeah. the finals. Like, that's right, yeah, and so. talking talk into his ears. Oh, that's true. Oh, of course, Izzy as well. There's yeah. another. One. <laughs> so yeah, There's it does three, happen. Wow. Yeah, so. we, we just haven't seen it like that for a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a very rare. But it's only been. I mean, last year there was one as well. So mm. Mon- Monday over Richmond when that's I, right. that was yep. in round five or six or something like that. So anyway, back to this game. Around. So. Uh, off the top as well so Suckling was a very late withdrawal and Jong was the in and then Jong Jong out so he's did his collarbone and oh. he'll be out for five weeks not just idea. in time for fu- oh probably not gonna probably play not. finals <laughs> probably not going to play finals well if but... they, so here we go so we'll we'll continue with this so there are eight games to go the dogs win every game from here they'll have won 13 games which so someone I saw someone say the other day, that, oh, it's been years since you had to win 14 games to get into the eight. It's been years. 2012 was 2012, the last year, yeah. and that's not that long ago. So no. it could... Uh, 14 is, is on the cards this year to be... Uh, given how it. many people have been losing in and around the mark, yeah, it's possible. Absolutely. Yeah, look, look, some results did go the dog's way over mm. the weekend, but they also went uh, the way for Essendon. And a number of there's a heap of teams above them where results actually didn't really make any difference. No, it's sort of just all right. Those teams should be in the eight right now, but they're not. But because these other teams won and those <laughs> teams didn't, it's still pretty even. I mean, Hawthorne and North Melbourne and yeah, just those two teams. No, those two, yeah, are on the same amount of wins as yeah. sixth place. 
So it's, a, it's yeah. been an amazing year. We will do a little bit of a later recap in the preview because we're just not going to have time to do it in the review because there's just so much to, so talk, much about. to talk about. Yeah, good round of footy. Great round of footy. So let's get into this game. So I mean, look, this was about as close as we've seen to dogs footy pretty much since the grand final, outside of a few quarters, quarters here and there. In there yeah, they've but this is the signs, this is the best this game. Is- Best four quarters they've played all year. In I would say since the grand final on top of that. I, I, yeah, right. I, or, or pretty close to it. If it's not the best, mm. it'd be in the top three for sure. Because they're playing without so many talented players. Like they've got a fairly decent injury list and they obviously Terrible lost, injury list. lost Stringer and some others. So it was it was good to Traded see... Traded Stringer. Yeah. <laughs> got Ed Richards <laughs> though, which Ed who can play. He can play, yeah. It was good to see uh, Shaki look like he can actually play AFL. As well. yeah. yeah. So look, there's some good signs for... Exciting. The next, not this year, it'll be next, not sorry, this year, next year, the year after, when those younger kids have got 30, 40, 50 games under their belt um, and hopefully get uh, some of these senior injured players back. So, so this game, so this was an old style OK Corral type shootout. So the scores at quarter time 4 2 to 4 3, then 9 4 8 4 at half time. And then thirteen five to thirteen seven at three quarter time, and then sixteen seven at fifteen eleven. So aside from that one kick right at the end of the game, it was fairly accurate kicking all around. It was. It was yeah. not an especially for the for the doggies. Sixteen seven's good. Absolutely. So I mean, look, it, let's let's start with the dogs. I mean, it's hard to kind of. I mean, get where game is won. I mean, a lot of it was accuracy and just efficiency. I mean, I think the dogs won percenters and their support and their ability to hunt in packs was just a bit better than the cats. Yeah, all night. Just had that extra one or two percent from each just player. Just a little bit more. Yeah. It's all it was, and that's the thing. It's really marginal. Like the cats still had a really good game, but it, you know, they, well, you can argue they did and they didn't. So mm. we'll get into the cats in a minute. But dogs, we'll start with the top with the, the positives. I mean, the, the fact is they were pests all night, which is exactly what they used to be. Yeah. In twenty sixteen, they were and fifteen for bits of it as Literally, well. Like, harassing. Like, yeah, like bulldogs just set their ankles just mm, bite, 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 nip, 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 nip. So all night. Really, really solid. They hunted and harassed all night continuously. And that was, you know, really exciting to see again. And Ed Richards forward at the start was like, wow, here we go. And mm. he, he's, he is an animal, that kid. He looks like he is going to be a 300-game player. He, he looks un- unbelievable. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. He looks ridiculous. So, I mean... Yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about him in the preview, but he looks fantastic. So, look, yeah, as you said, Shaki as well. That Gower's injury was, was not ideal. That's the thing. They were really under the weather at times, but they, they just they figured it out. Yeah. They figured it out and they just kept pressing and they stuck to the game plan. And there was all that criticism of Beveridge for the, the spray that he gave the players the other week. But, I mean, it seems it to seems have worked. It worked. And really, they've gone back to a straightforward, simple... They're not overthinking what they need to do. They're just going back to what they're good at. They're obviously, as we've mentioned mm. numerous times, physically, they're quite a small team. Mm. So they need to really work to their strengths, which is that constant harassing, that tackle pressure, that... Second, third efforts when the ball's on the on the deck, and then and just being the their pace, all these get these small guys in and in and in and in, uh, and just run as much as they can, which obviously suits the makeup of their team. Not um, yeah. might not suit AFL football the way it's been played, but if it works for them and they and they get wins, why why, why change it? Their pace is so good. I mean, the, the, we, we've spoken about their negatives of not having bigger bodies, but the pluses of it is they're such a ridiculously fast team. Yeah. So the two aspects to it. So their their ball movement was ridiculous all night. It was fantastic, and that was that was the. 
That, and that's the one percenters. That's that slight edge of just being able to make that next kick. Not not you know ten or fifteen meters shorter, going for that thirty forty meter field kick where they just get to that better position. Yeah. You get there faster than what the cats can. But you know also in terms of movement. The, the dog's ability to cover off over the back, so I wrote in my notes, and there was just repeated instances where it looked like Geelong were going to go high, and then they would go long, and they they, they, they would figure it out. They yeah, would figure out, out that they, they'd read the ball in the air, and by the time it landed, they'd be there to support. It was amazing to watch. If you didn't, if you missed this game, you, you definitely should watch it. Even though the, you'll know the result, obviously, it, it was fantastic all night, and that pace really did hurt Geelong. And you know, we spoke last year, obviously not on the podcast, but you and I spoke about how the Cats need to inject a little bit of pace here and there, and it, it's not helping that people like Cockatoo and stuff. It's still still not in. Mm, yeah. he, he played in the VFL, so he looks That's like he, he'd be in soon. <clears throat> um, you know, Men's obviously still doesn't help. He also played, he played the VFL in the VFL, got through, got through, saw that. Is, Fantastic to see. So, I mean, Narkel, they were hoping he would do, I guess, elements of what we're talking about. And he did. He was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Can't but have the first game of being Can't the, have the first uh, game of being the, the game winner. No, yeah. exactly. Not everybody's um, going to, you know, blare out on the first day. Not everyone's going to be like our rising star. So, he's mm. just uh, unbelievable. But, no, nah, look, Dangerfield as well. I mean, I, he, he really tried. And, you know, the old, the old kind of pillars... We're trying. I thought Colin Jasney got baked at that level. Yeah. I thought he got really, really exposed. So I, I, I really wonder whether Scott will, will keep him. You know, he, he really looked yeah, no I think, good. Yeah, like we were talking about how good Richmond's bottom six are at the moment because of key injuries to Geelong. Their bottom six at the That's moment. That's why I tipped ex- Richmond over the Cats the other way yeah. before the bye. Yeah. Speaking of the bye. But if they get something. But if they, they see the Menzels... Um, um, to come Cockatoo, back. Cockatoo mm. uh, if they could get Henderson or someone out, like then all of a sudden Guthrie's back in the team, Harry Taylor's back well, in Guthrie the team. Well, Guthrie was back. Yeah, that's what I mean. But then they've got some games before the finals. C- and then together, they, yeah. Yeah, then they get some continuity. And yeah, I, unless injuries are the only thing that's going to stop, in my opinion, Geelong going fairly deep in the final. I think this loss, yeah, it wasn't ideal. But to say that, I've heard some people murmur that, oh, can the Cats play finals this year? I'm like, yeah, I think and they're they still going to play and, finals. Yeah, and they're going to be a fairly hard team to beat. They've shrunk. Finals. They've shrunk the widths of um, GMHBA, HBH, HBH, HBA yeah. Stadium. They've shrunk it by um, two, I think two feet on either side, so it's even skinnier. So it's even better for the cats. Oh wow! So I can't believe they're allowed to do that mid-season. Yeah, man, it either. seems obscene. Uh, after the other thing too is after the bye, so the cats continue their dismal record. record. So their, mm. their wins after the bye is horrendous. I mean, we did speak about them in the premium. We nearly tipped the dogs. We thought, oh, surely not. But the, yep. the, the dogs have found their guts and heart that they had in in the premiership year. And I tell you what, if they keep playing like this, I mean, as I said, they'd have to win every game from here in order to make finals. But but two geez. weeks but two weeks ago, we wouldn't have said they're going to have no an influence chance. on the eight. No. They're at least going to influence the eight because they play a lot of teams that are above them mm. coming th- for the rest of the year. So if they don't mm. make it, they're definitely going to have a say in how it's shaped. Yeah, and it, like the, the Cats did get back into it there. I, one thing I would note, though, there was a point where... It just I don't know whether this was an accident. It had to have been. But Dalhouse, Bont, and JJ were all on the bench at once. And it was n- not good. Like The, the Cats not all ideal. of a sudden came yeah. back into it. And they were probably the, almost the three best on ground at that stage. So... Not not ideal, but anyway, they they got back into it and 
yeah, look, huge win. In a lot of respects, obviously lucky. There was still a mark after the siren. Uh, the, the dogs stuffed up that last clearance and Duncan got free. So that, that obviously doesn't help. No. Harry still took a great mark. So, you know, if he kicks it straight, as we spoke about, then we're going to be having the discussion the dogs are, are, chokers. are chokers. But this is the notion of AFL. But anyway, that, I think that's why it's worth more talking about how this game was so close. There's those one percenters, but then that that guts from the dogs was fantastic, and yep. just that heart to just keep persisting. So Dangerfield cut his leg on the signs. That's a third Another person. One? Well, I can't believe they just haven't covered all the signs in perspex. In perspex, like imagine oh. in our in our workplace, well, oh. we we used to work together. Imagine yes. if like regularly people were just getting cut. Would we just be like, oh, this is fine? No well, I can't believe the players' association haven't put lawsuits up against AFL yet. It's... I would be. I'd be going. Absolutely, it's unsafe workplace. Especially after what happened Jeez. to Ruffett a few years ago, and then now, like this I mean, is basically happening again. But even going back even further, Sean Wren, because yeah. they didn't put the cap over the water sprinkling system, and he did knee, and they reckoned that took two or three years off his career, and mm. got a heap of money for that. Yeah, they've got to, they've really got to look at everything. Surely, there's a it's consultant. Not good if there's nobody in the AFL head office that's competent enough to just walk around a ground and go. That's cooked, that's cooked, that could be a hazard, that could be a hazard. Get a consultancy to come out and do it. They've yep. got enough money. That's the thing. So, yeah, it, it shouldn't happen, especially after the first incident at the start of the year, and then to let it happen a second time just at a different ground, yeah. and now a third time. Oh, yeah. It's Pretty like, pathetic. It's, it, it's just unprofessional. It's such a, yeah. something that shouldn't happen at any industry, let alone a professional sport that gets televised to millions of people around the world and they claim to be uh, a, top sport. a top sport and this stuff happens well that's the thing I mean you and I watch a lot of big sports and it is am- it looks amateur yeah. in comparison like you don't see this happening in the NBA no, no and, this would uh, not happen not that there's people there instead of signs just step on Jack Nicholson instead of yeah well I mean they, they love like the fact that Shaq jumps into them every now and again <laughs> and stuff like that but it's so it's, funny when he does that but they've bought the well, lot- did that yeah they did that but I mean the fact that they thought okay, well, won't have players running into the fence at all by bringing the boundary line in. And, uh, I've forgotten about that with Shaq. I just started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. No, I, don't know. I know, it's pathetic. Yeah. It takes them, take them half a day to do a whole ground. It sometimes them. feels like a bit of a miracle that, that the AFL is as successful as it is. Sometimes it feels like it's an accidental like business. Like It's like some guy that's like... like the Facebook guy like that stole ideas and stuff and mm. now he's like huge huge do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> like kind of feels like they at times they stumbled upon some gold and were like should we invest this or we'll just throw it in the bin and then they just accidentally invested it like it kind of feels someone like someone else in the pub goes why did they throw that out <laughs> right, <laughs> just, you should yeah, keep this exactly <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, no, but well, we could we could definitely bang on about that for hours. But yeah. look, eleven lead changes. So I mean, what more do we uh, need to? That's what you want again. to say. So I mean, that that was fantastic. And yeah, I mean, I think in in a way, it really did did speak to the fact that starting positions are, are not necessarily the way to go. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. The Collingwood game showed some very interesting things coming forward in terms of interchange. So we'll talk about that mm. in a minute. But yeah, look, fantastic game. We could definitely go a bit further into it, but we'll have to keep moving given how many other games there are to talk about this round. But yeah, look, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Watch it. So contested possessions, 148 to 133. So, you know, slightly in the dog's favour. They worked really hard all night. Marks inside 50, 10 to 15. Cats got a little bit more, but just 
weren't as efficient with it. And a, a bunch of those were sort of, you know, quite high inside 50s and, you know, weren't able to make the distance or they tried to center it and then it stuffed up. So tackles inside 50, 18 to 12. So dogs just so hard all night. 18 solid. Uh, 57 tackles inside 50 to the dogs. But then Cats 52. So yeah, still, I mean, and you expect from both teams to be um, pretty heavy at it um, in the tackle department. They're both pretty ruthless when it comes to, to that part of their games. Yeah. And obviously got some of the better tackles in the comp on both of those sides. Dalehouse had a mild concussion as well, so it'll be interesting to see whether he gets up or not. We'll probably know that news by the time we do the preview tomorrow. So, one other very, very brief thing. Ablett, I mean, so there's a bit of criticism about him. One of the worst, you know, 30-type disposal games you've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. Look, I think, look, here's, here's the big thing, and we've spoken about this all year. Chris Scott's trying to figure out what pieces go where, and, and that's obvious. Mm. I... I I mean, I think with Ablett's age and, you know, the fact that he he just doesn't offer much. In modern football, midfielders are so many of them. You look at a Collingwood or a Richmond or in the dogs on that night, so many of them are defending as well. Yeah. And a, a, a two-way players. And they're, they're assisting and they're doing a whole lot of different things that he just doesn't do. Two. No. And, and Unlike his two teammates that make up yeah. the threesome. And I think the problem is it's costly to their engine that he doesn't do that. And yeah. I think it's costly to their game. And I think that the big thing for me is that they're missing a Menzel and, and they're missing... I, I, I know he went forward at times in the game, but I, I think he needs to be much more of a forward. Unless yeah. they're in real trouble... And, you know, he can be kind of that, that assistant. Up. Well, he can be that almost like that gaff sort of link-up type, you know, wing-esque player. The yeah. Pl- again, pace is still not bad for his age. That's it. And because he is so unbelievably um, good with his AFL smart, like oh, football smarts are ridiculous. Absurd, yeah. unbelievable. One of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, so to have... Uh, yeah, he's no way and he got the same pace that a gaff or a um, Zach no. Merrill or these guys have got um, in other teams. But... He makes up for it, and I would rather say I agree with you. I think having him on a wing or playing as a high half forward would. I think work a high better. half forward's the way to play him because yeah. you, that means you've got Menegola, Murdoch, Duncan that can like they don't need to have all they three. They can chip to him, and yeah, then, yeah. They've, they've played how many years without him in the midfield? Like, yeah, I mean, I think then Dangerfield feels like he can have much more of an influence in the midfield, which is more natural for him. And yeah, I think I, I mean when Menzel comes back, uh, having a forward line of Hawkins, Menzel, Ablett. I mean you've got your three sizes. You've got a, a big power forward, a mid-size running forward, and a small forward that can obviously pick up a lot of pill. I think they become very dangerous. But yeah, I'd get him out of midfield because he can't. I, defend, I just don't can't think tackle. he can't. And that's the problem is that I, I just think with I, I don't know whether it's partially with his injuries as well with his shoulders. He looks stiff at times. I just don't know whether he's just not able to execute tackles the way he wants to mm. and, and it, it is yeah but I think look the big thing for me is he's he you know on the night you know he had the most disposals in history so yep. I mean doesn't get much more ridiculous he's been an ornament to the game oh. but I, I think the time has come I think he I don't think he's got the ability to, to play in their engine anymore yeah. personally I, I unless you know who knows he'll probably come yeah. next week and obliterate but it, week exactly in week right. out it's not something I think for me no and that, he's at that age uh, 33 33 so everyone else has those conversations with those senior players like Lewis doesn't play in the engine at Melbourne much no he, anyway, he didn't he's do it didn't yeah. do it at Hawthorne either no. um, Bergloin obviously is probably the most famous of all the older players um, he goes into the engine 
when they need a fix in the engine. Otherwise, but he's a bit generational, though. Yeah, he's a man. Sort of but yeah. Ablett, I mean, to say it was the least ineffective 30, he still got the ball 30 times. Hmm. So, I mean, come and tell me, where are all these 20-year-olds that can rack up 30 possession games as regular as he does? He is a star. I just, he is I agree. fantastic, but I just yeah, think they need to... Out of the to, midfield, yeah, yeah absolutely. Or not I as think, often. No, and I think part of the problem is for Scott, and we've said this before, but I think part of the problem is with Dangerfield being, I think, down, and I don't know whether he's got injuries or what the story is, but I think ideally you play him more on ball and then Ablett more mm. off it, I think would be better. Yeah, and there have been, obviously, Scott Selwood not playing. Because they did the footy. reverse a couple of times on the night, where Dangerfield went forward and Ablett on ball. On ball was yeah. like, well, hang on. Yeah, I think if they had, he had Scott Selwood at his disposal mm. every round, we'd see a whole different sort of set up altogether. Yeah, it doesn't help. And and Selwood didn't hit the scoreboard either. But anyway, they still got a massive score, but we better keep moving. Yeah, so really interesting game. So on the Saturday, Carlton lost to Port Adelaide, Carlton sixty nine to Port Adelaide ninety. Port Adelaide won by twenty one points. Probably not going to go into this game too heavily. It was an interesting game with the G, but um Yeah, yeah I think I think uh Carlton did their best to put in the effort yeah. that was Appropriate for Kate Where Simpson. they're at. And, and yeah. where they're at, yeah, yeah. And Port obviously got a little bit of a scare a couple of, a few times throughout the game. Obviously, they got jumped early and mm. then they went, mm, okay, no, we're actually going to have to play proper game of football here uh, to win. Obviously, the, a lot of the boys in um, from Port Adelaide had the long sleeves on. Yeah. So they'll probably get used to that for a bit. Possibly. Yeah, so it was pretty funny to see so many long sleeve jumpers <laughs> out on the ground. I haven't seen it for a long time, but. A lot of Bardells out there. Yeah, I, I mean, the cream of Port Adelaide came. Rose when they needed to. Gray was very, very good. Wingard was good again. Pollock did what he needed to do at certain times. But um, good signs for Carlton again. But Yeah, look, good signs. Not a lot to say, as, as you've summarised really well. I mean, you know, so Murphy signed on two more years, so he's he's content with not playing any finals. Uh, Kate Simpson, animal again, and he he still he looks, looks like good, he could do two or three, or three more, more years. years and potentially be their games record holder. He would actually have probably have to do four, or they would have to play have finals to a little bit more. But yeah, well, Craig yeah. Bradley's on three hundred seventy-five, <laughs> so that's two a and a bit, games. three and a bit more years. Wow! So he could get there. But look, so if you missed this game as well, I mean, it's a quarter time five flat. And two, three, six. So Carlton started really well, and then six, two to eight, nine, eight, seven, eight, nine. So it did get tight at three quarter time. Port only by two points. But yeah, look, it's it's tough at the back end of the year for a young side. Ten, nine, two, thirteen, twelve. So yeah, yeah. Look, it's it's one of those things where. Smitty's just <laughs> pointed out out of my notes I've written Levi Court and, and he's not the only person that would thinks you like that to, in AFL would you like to pivot straight to oh, that just, we'll, do you want to start with the winners as we usually yeah, do yeah we do well, let's do Port we'll so, go to Port and then we'll talk no, about you, you, Levi poor old Cassie but I think no you summarised it pretty well I mean I think there's, there's no doubt that Port I mean look it's, the other thing as well back into the year there's two sides to it so Carlton back into the year, it's tough for a young side. Mm. For a developing middle-rung side, it's also tough to put your feet on the pedal the whole time. And once you start getting to round 15, you're almost certain to play finals. I think Port are pretty much a lock. Yeah. They, they look so. fantastic and they've got an okay run home as well. They've got a couple of hard things, but they'll be, I think they'll be okay. 
the, the reality is that you, you do, your mind does wander mm. and you think, oh, you know, do we have, when are we going to put these guys to bed? I know we're going to at some point, but you know. It, do we do it in the third quarter or yeah, the fourth quarter? When do quarter? we bother? And so I think, yeah, to be fair, like I don't, you know, Porter, you know, really in touch with that top four now and, and they look really good. I thought it was Rockliffe's probably his best game. For the side, uh, Wingard was really good. Westoff, look, there's, there's a lot of highlights through it. Robbie Gray is just elite. And he, he just turns up when you didn't turn up. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, bang, 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 bang. And, and, just goes nuts. and while he may not, again, didn't have a massive influence on the scoreboard, mm-hmm. um, Dixon is just using his size and power yeah. the way he needs to do it week in, week out. Because they're, they've got elite players. Or he's got elite players around him. That if he's not taking the mark and kicking the goal, if he brings the ball to deck, your Wingards, your Grays, um, your Pollocks, uh, who else is your Lindsay Thomases? They're there, yeah. and they'll just they'll just run. Yeah, they've got a very good balanced team at the moment. Even Whitlock was okay. Yeah, still only the one goal, but you know he just had some polish and a bit of run too. So fast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't need to be getting twenty five touches and three goals a game. He just needs to be there just to put some bit of cherry on top every now and again. And and, and as long as he's doing, he, I've noticed he's been much more defensive than he was at Geelong. He's actually. I think that uh, was a big tackling. knock on him, and I think they said if we're going to take you, you have to at least show that you know how to tackle, and, yeah. and maybe lay one or two a game. <laughs> yeah, so bother a little bit. Well, yeah, so and, and look, they have. They've, I mean, two it's very, a champagne football type of like. Well, for two to take on two players that are mal- quite maligned for various reasons in Lindsay Thomas and mm-hmm. Watlop, the and Port have Watts dab- as well. Yeah, he's still mal- he's maligned. He's a bad. He's yeah. maligned. <laughs> but those two in particular. Um, no, I know you mean. The Port have just at least they've kept the best in place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and, and just brought a different edge to their football. I think they've it's played. worked. The Rockcliffe thing's clearly worked. It oh, worked exactly as we spoke about took in a little the bit review. Longer, but, but we did say it would mm. take time, and it was one of the big reasons why I thought Port are going to be low to mid in the top eight. Yeah. Because I think some of these pieces will take time, but who knows? I think it's come in time, probably earlier on enough that it's going to work. Yeah, I don't think my prediction of top of the ladder. They might finish second. Jeez, though. I reckon they might get <laughs> close to where I think you might have been pretty on the ball with that. So yeah, injury. But, not many injuries has helped them a lot. They've been very lucky. They have been pretty lucky, hey. They haven't really had too many issues. No. It's, and they've been able to say to, to Watts, get stuffed. Because, you know, yeah, you've, if, if you're, you're not contributing. You've either got to be doing exceptionally well week in, week out, or you're not getting a free ride. So. No. Which is smart because, you, yeah, there's other players that they can bring in and get more out of. A player so. I wanted to to highlight, uh, not for the heat check, I've got someone else, but someone else I wanted to talk about is Dan Houston. I thought he was fantastic. And we haven't spoken much about Houston. In this year, so he's 21 years old. You might not know too much about him. He was taken he's pick, defender, pick 45 uh, in 2016. Correct defender. Yeah. 31 games. That's all he's played. He was fantastic. So 22 disposals, 81 disposal efficiency, 17 kicks, five handballs. He was really good on the day. So because they Jonas nine was out. Jonas was out for this game. Wasn't so he? Jonas was a laid out. We didn't know that no. when we did the preview. It came the next day. So it must have been the Wednesday. Yeah. So to come up to step up in a pretty important game to continue there winning feeling at Port Adelaide to um, have a young guy like that just to take over from arguably probably one of their key defenders in Jonas is, yeah. is a great sign. Good game, but I think we probably can keep moving because I think in terms of Port did what they had to do. There's yeah. really not too much. Obviously, it got close, but I'm not worried at all. No. I don't think they're going to... I don't think this is a sign where, you know, oh, no. they nearly lost the cards and now they're cooked. It's it's clearly not that. No, they did They had to exactly, travel. They yeah. went, we need to play about 20, just 20 minutes enough. of good 
football and we'll get through. So, and it's the same old, same old story for for Carlton. Murphy was back. Canton. He did, yeah, Canton. He did, he did all right. It's obviously got two. They've obviously got two superstars in Cripps and Kerno and Cade Simpson. And Cade Simpson obviously did, was was his brilliant self. Yeah. Um, Levi Casbolt cooked. Cooked, very, yeah. So let's talk mate, more. Harry, Harry McKay. Uh, is it Harry? May as well be. McKay, the, the son of a gun. <laughs> get him back and let him play well, for I the rest they, of the year. I think they're going to have to put him in. So yeah. we'll get into that in the preview. Levi. I, Let's I, talk about the cooked. He, oh man, he's just a very good VFLer. Yeah, he is. And he's very really exceptional good. at VFL. He's really good low level, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he continually disappoints. I'm so glad I'm not a Carlton supporter because he frustrates me. Imagine being a Carlton supporter and then see his name on your list. Go, oh, his stats, do we have to? His stats are horrendous too. So he he's 28 years old. Did you know he was yeah. that old? Yep, yeah. he's been around forever. He's Kicked 117 goals in 103 games. Yeah, and he's 200 centimetres tall and 100 kilos. 201, he's 6'7". So he's he's a perfect power forward in size and stature and all that type of stuff. Uh, Can't mark, can't kick though. Pretty important things in football. So coming into round... As a forward especially. (laughs) Coming into round 16... He's kicked 12 goals, 10. So Brilliant. I think he might have the Nahas. He's I got think he might have the medal He's on played, his up, neck. played just enough games to qualify. That's the problem, is because now Jack Watts has gone out. So just to give a bit of a Nahas medal update. So Nahas is the the other, it's the reverse brown line. So it's not necessarily for the worst player. It's for the player that somehow got into enough AFL games, but he was still horrific basically the whole time. Yeah, like they're des- desperate. The teams were just yeah. cut. Cl- Clutching at straws or, yeah. or thought like so many other play people that they were better than they really are. Danaher looked like he had it early, but then he, he was gone. And then Watts looked like he might have got close to it, but then he was gone. And then and then Lindsay Thomas started improving, and then a couple of things yeah. started happening. And I thought, ooh, who's what's going, happening here? Who's doing this? And, and I think Kasvolt's come out of the dark well, Kasvolt, and yeah, said, well, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> I, I need an award of some description. And I don't care if it's the Nahas. Give me the Nahas award. So anyway, back, yeah. uh, also... While we're talking negatives with Carlton, because we've, we've spoken positives all year, they're going to be a very good side, you know, blah, 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 gonna, blah. Gonna, gonna. Kerno's going to be, is a freak. Yeah. He already good. is pretty yeah. much. I mean, having Kennedy... They signed him, which we haven't spoken about, yeah. which is good. Having Kennedy back, as we said the other week, yeah, it was good. helped, and what's his face? Uh, Weedering looks like he's actually... So, I wrote Weedering also baked. So, it, look, the big thing with, though, a lot of people have been really critical of Weedering. One thing I would say is that in a poor team I mean he has not a lot of support like if he no. had Doherty around there to assist him I mean he's all of a sudden going to pick it up mm. and look so much better so I don't think he's completely baked no. at the moment not Casbolt it's hard I yeah, think he he's looks... having to hold down the number one defensive <laughs> yeah. post and he's 12 he's 5 years old yeah, and weighs about 80 kilos 8 kilos so yeah. he's, he's really makes it very challenging so, but he's struggling but as soon as they get some more um, you know, to get Doherty back and he needs have, confidence then all of a sudden he'll have so much experience against Mm. these big forwards that he'll know exactly what to do when he comes around to be 24-25 so yeah tough at the moment but uh, I think better signs from that back up you can see that they've almost got that balance of attack and defence Right again. Sort of. I know they're obviously not winning no. games, but it's the um, worst start. So it's the worst start to a season in a million years or something ridiculous like that. Wow. So Good on you. I can't remember the exact year, but it's a very long time. Not ideal. So Catton, Catton, Catton. So look, not not great, but look, Port. I think no, don't get confused and definitely don't buy into it that that Porter. You know, they ended up winning by a bit in the end, but mm. they they got close. But it only got close because they they know they're going to win all day. Yeah. So, 
the stats, I mean, look, let's probably not too no, need to yeah. go into it there. I just can imagine it's a one-way traffic. And Roger Federer leads the first set 6-1. Very good. Brilliant. Lovely. Nice. Let's keep moving into the next game. Tackles inside so, 50. That just... Oh, just sorry. Those? Sorry. I'll read... My apologies. We'll read one. So, tackles inside 50, 0 to 16. Not one tackle from Carton. Carton... So, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, take that uh, last comment back there. They, that gives you a that. summary of the stats, really. Yeah. Right. Anyway, onto another brilliant game. Now we'll skip that. Well, we still did too, probably too much time into the game, mm. but let's keep moving. So the Crows in an amazing win in the end, eighty-eight to seventy-eight, ten points over the West Coast Eagles. Fantastic game. Yeah, and if wow. you were listening to us last week, you heard it first. We did pick Adelaide. We did. We said we Adelaide. both did. Yeah, yeah. So we got five for the week, which is pretty good out of this. So I don't think too many people thought, even with the ins, that Adelaide would be this good. No, and definitely wouldn't win. But you know. It, uh, it shows when you get two or three classy players back into your team. Sloan led Crouch, bang. Yeah. So, and and Walker had his best game, I would say, for ages. Got those players kicking the lace out to him. Yeah, well, but so, got confidence in him again when he starts to, to hit it. So, this was a bizarre game. So, if you, if you missed it, it had a, it was a wild game in that it was just crazy what happened. So. The Eagles, Lysett kicks a goal, and they're up by 27 points. So the Eagles blew a 27-point lead. So we'll definitely, certainly go into the Eagles, which is a fascinating scenario now. They've lost three in a row. And they have a tough, tough month ahead. Not ideal run home. So, So, yeah, that top four spot is... Slowly slipping away from them. One of their real chances to beat the Tigers, which was to get high enough so that you force a scenario where you either don't play them until the granny or you force them to play away. It's not looking likely. Not looking likely. So, yeah, it's not ideal. Porter nipping at the heels, and and so are a bunch of other sides. Sydney won't go down without a fight either. No, and Sydney, of those teams, uh, for memory, Sydney have got the easier of the run homes. Yeah, theirs isn't too bad. So, yeah, intro, but we'll talk about that in the in the preview. Let's yeah, so overall through the game, I mean, I, I it's persistence is is what won this game. I mean, the, the Crows struggled through sections of the game, but they just kept at it and then that ultimately won the game. The for West Coast to to blow a lead like that is is amazing. So, let's start with the Crows though because they won the game. That's usually where we start. Yep. So it was a situation where, as you said, this polish coming in, it just makes such a difference. And, you know, talk about the defense on on West Coast side and how the Crows were able to not only build the winning score, but then to build that comeback. Interestingly, and we highlighted this a few weeks ago, Barass is a serious out. A massive out. And we'll talk more on the West Coast side about that. But because he was out, it that not when Brass is in, it frees up McGovern to do a whole range of other things. And he he can't it's like trying to cook four different meals at once yep. at the moment down back for him. No, exactly right. Yeah, he doesn't have the same influence because he's not peeling off his direct opponent to take intercept marks. And yeah, it's he's not a lot. He could be a lockdown defender, but he hasn't been trained and drilled to play that. It's not his natural game um, and style. So it definitely has hurt as much not having the twin towers up forward. Yeah, because of. Obviously, that showed that they didn't lose it because they weren't kicking goals. No. They weren't getting the ball in there to begin with, which, yeah, is, highlights more that um, their deficiencies are also at the other end if um, they haven't got their best six playing. Yeah, so Gaff was fantastic, but I want to talk about mid versus mid. 
So I actually thought the Crows won the midfield battle. I thought it was probably Yo's worst game in a while. Yeah, he only had pockets of good so, good play, and they weren't in the midfield. They were at either end. Yeah, so I thought he was he clearly was way down. Shepard was nowhere near as influential as I've seen him in other games. It, elements were good, but but not great. Yep, so Gaff was really the only one. Nick Nat went missing. missing. Yeah. So that's something again. I mean, I think he so has he been rushed back to early. Well, oh, but he's this the the knock on him has always been that he chokes in big games, and yeah. he has had some good games. In, in bigger stages but geez that, that was another chance where they lost two in a row they they were up by a fair bit Weird. yeah he's not a, he's not coming up against Grundy or Do- or um, Gorn or somebody no. like that where they were just taken to the cleaners so wow if he plays and like that in a final if they play like that against a final against the Collingwood Collingwood are going to win and uh, it's still a bit early to say but has that style of play that got West Coast to the top of the ladder with a young team are we going to see them just fall off the perch because they're all ex- well, well, they're a bit stuffed. This is like we're not when we've never been the you know alarmist types with with football, especially because it can change so quickly. But they need to not they. I mean, it's stating the obvious, but they need to not lose too many more before they get their offense sorted. Because yeah. obviously, the, it's the most obvious aspect with West Coast is that missing these major pillars. It's hard to talk about this game without talking about West Coast because that really is the kind of key thing out of it. I mean, Adelaide, fantastic. Really, really good win. And, yep. you know, Tech stood up and everything we've said. But, geez, you know, West Coast looked like... West Coast and Richmond for a while, they looked like the two best sides. But now, with those obvious very key outs, but they don't have pieces to replace those right now. They, no. they, they, they clearly don't, I don't think, at, at the moment. And, and, they, they, and their run is not looking great. Exactly. And if they're getting exposed in the mid, mid, uh, midfield well, and yeah. off that half-back line, then who cares? You could have you could have Buddy Franklin in that forward line with Darling and Kennedy. But if the ball's not going to them, I know it brings a different type of mindset. Also, the confidence, knowing that you've got Kennedy or Darling up front. But surely they, they've got enough talent everywhere else. Well, yeah. up until recently, that look like they should be beating most teams. The problem is as well is Ryan and Rioli that they are really young. Well, they're not. They're just not contributing the way they were. So that that's really hurting them too. So, yeah. but look, it, I I don't think it's panic stations just yet. But they they really need to get. And we'll, we'll talk more about West Coast obviously in the preview with their next game. But they really need to start getting it together enough to at least win even fifty percent of the games between now and yeah. when Kennedy. Because Kennedy's still a few weeks away from from getting there. It sounds like. In terms of Darling, it's a, it sounds like they might come back similar time. So, it, so it's still a three, four week. It's so not ideal. Not ideal, and no. especially with the month ahead that they've Even got. Even the most optimistic supporter would have to be concerned. Yeah, so they, they, I, can't, I can see them dropping out of the top four very quickly. Really quickly. I'm, yep. I, the eight, I think they're still going to make finals. They've won enough games, but at the same time... I mean, look look at these numbers. So at, at contested, at one point, so they were 49 to, to 28. So Crows were significantly down yep. at one point inside 50s the Eagles were 24 to 4 so that was I mean it just they were just was that the last quarter differential that's that the last, last that's quarter, the last quarter, quarter diff- that's yeah. fourth quarter differential yeah, so, so like there was just such significant differences between the two so clearance is 16 to 6 so this is at, a, at a, you know they the, 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 was effectively reversed towards the, and then they've just completely turned it 
Durant. Like yeah. it's just unbelievable the drop off, and they and they did drop off against Essendon. I thought as well. Mm, absolutely, they did. Yeah. Look, it's, so. it's it's a serious concern, and and you know from here, as I said, I think they've won enough games, but their structures across the ground are struggling, yeah. and with these pieces taken out of it, it's like a Jenga you know pile with two or three pieces taken out of the bottom too early. Yeah, and every other all the other teams that are competing seem to have managed worse injury lists. Like I mean Adelaide are still in the hunt now and they've and Collingwood obviously sitting second. They've had much bigger outs as far as number and stuff yeah. like that. I'm not I'm not gonna say that they're bigger outs in the fact that Dogs class, and Adelaide for me have had the two worst yeah, absolutely. injury lists. So so talking about Adelaide from here now, if they continue to play this style of footy, are they a sneaky chance? Or are they too far back now? Oh look I think look the, the big problem is so yes they're a chance, but the big problem is that it's just gonna be so competitive at that section of the ladder. Yep. So the big problem is that that Melbourne might drop a little bit more, but they'll come back at some point. They'll have another patch. They're too good of a side to not have another patch, I think, where they're going to be better. North are in that, you know, that middle mix as well. I, I just think, I, I yeah, it's, I think they might have left their run a little bit too late. And I think if any anyone's going to get in, it's probably going to be Essendon. Yeah. Essendon won four out of their last five, and they look like Flying. one... On form, they look like one of the better teams in the comp. Yeah, I On agree. form. And, and for the last five weeks, they, they just do. So uh, next week, Collingwood versus Essendon, is, they'll get 95,000 to that game. Absolutely. So the, the, look, the reality is where there's a situation now where the crows have lost so much they're they're leaving this run and great win but they're leaving their run home is terrible because they finished so high last year yeah they can't afford to drop a game they can't afford they can basically well i mean so they've got enough to be able to if they win every game from here they could get towards you know right toward they won't i think they can actually make top four anymore but they would get close to it but Mm. the you know the answer is yes but geez not with a lot of confidence not a lot yeah but yeah, we'll keep moving. But I think look, fascinating game and a lot of really takeaways out of it. And we've highlighted the kind of bigger major ones. And look, really massive credit to Adelaide playing that Adelaide style of football. And it felt like some trust was renewed between their players. And there's yeah. been all this camp bullshit so much and all the garbage that's gone yeah. on. It seemed like, as as we highlighted before, you know, they're actually kicking it to to Walker, and you know, they were more confident in their structures and what was going to happen. And no, it was better to see, and you know, I think they'll be a bit of a threat. So yeah, they definitely look like a happier. They definitely look like a happier unit out there. Yeah, they do as well. Yeah. They they definitely they look more confident in each other, and, and that makes it's such a massive difference. Absolutely. That trust and confidence is is you can't can't play team football it's it's not it's not a, a game like a tennis or something where it's just one person so but yeah west coast yeah in- interesting scenario now when they won that that massive haul we did speak about be, be really interesting to see if they had a bit of a drop off and that's exactly what's that's happening so, yeah let's keep moving. moving so we'll get into the next game metricon stadium the matt damon game the, the crowd of the year matt damon matt damon Gold Ghost 62, Magpie 99, 39 points, Magpie win. Magpie win. They were good. Magpies were good. They really had to do what they had to do. This was a pretty bad game. 3 2 to 4 3, 4 4 to 10 6. So they really pulled away in the second quarter. 7 7 to 13 11. 8 12 to 14 15. So they did take the foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, but look. Not really. I mean, they knew they could. There's no need to, and we've spoken about this a heap of times. There's no need to to really punish too hard. 
They could have gone for real percentage, but you know, thirty nine points I think is still fine. Percentage means nothing when you're second on the ladder. Yeah, and we said the digital law thing would have no factor and it didn't. They they look fine. The the only real massive thing out of this is Lyndon Dunn's done his ACL. So he's out for the season now. And now Collingwood play a lot of good football teams. So it'll be interesting to see... Well, we'll know more after the next five weeks, basically, if they are a next legitimate contender. especially, yeah. Um, or have they just been beating up on lower teams? So, which, you know, I... I I think not having Trelaw and now done, I think they will get exposed against some of these better teams. And I think, and we'll talk about it in the preview. preview. Yeah, I think the team they play in a couple of weeks, next week. Yeah. Well, Essendon will expose them. I'm going to tip Essendon, but yeah, and anyway, that'll be fascinating but, to see what happens. Yeah, they, obviously they've uh, got the best first year player in Jade Stefferson, who yeah. we've mentioned is clear, clearly going to take out the NAB Rising Star unless he doesn't play for the rest of the year. So check out our mid-season review as well. So we did a bonus episode if you missed it. Uh, last week we did three episodes. We did our normal review preview. We also did about two hours going into the Brownlow, the Nor- not the Norm Smith, sorry, the Rising Star. Norm's pretty hard because we obviously don't know who's going to play the yeah. game final. Who um, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah, trade period. Who's who's a you know a bit more general, a bit more general overview of what's what what's going on in the footy at yeah. that point in time, and yeah, what, where we see it going at the end of the year. But uh, they are. Pies look good. They've yeah. got a lot of pl- good players. They're good enough, and I think they're, they're definitely going to make finals. I don't see Collingwood missing it from here. And look, Dugowie signing the two-year deal is good at round uh, 15, just to get it out of the way. I think that's yep. good. Get that done, and it, make, it was the right call for him, I think. He put himself in a bit of an awkward position, given all the, the cook stuff that he did with the dog and all the whack stuff that happened, but it just shows when you behave like that, you probably don't have too many cards at the table. to. No, I think it's a good decision yeah. for both player and club anyway because it's still a lot of unknown about Collingwood in the long like they're obviously yeah. playing very good football at the moment is it sustainable or do they have the real depth to I mean are they going to get exposed like the doggies have been exposed since their uh, premiership you just don't know so in two years time he might go nah this is not the right thing for me or the club might go it's not really working out because he might get exposed um, defenders and, and other players might work out how to stop him having any influence he hasn't had a really big game for a few weeks now so well it's yeah. probably the right decision for his wallet as well because yep. in two years he becomes a free agent so if he's really good for the next two years which you think he probably will be yeah, he's going to get a massive 20 deal or 21 or something so yeah he's got so in two years he becomes a free agent which means he could probably get a huge deal so. yeah absolutely Pendles had a bit of a foot thing but he looks like he's going to be okay I mean Pies have just got so much spread I mean this is sad and the obvious they had so many more weapons than the Gold Coast have to, to be able to try to deal with so which only need one, let's be honest, against the Gold Coast. Yeah, I mean, you and I could probably beat the Gold Coast at the moment. So mm. no, uh, no surprises. Lynch, Lynch is gone, obviously, as we've already spoken yeah. about. So nothing, nothing remotely surprising about this game. The only surprising thing was it wasn't by a little bit more. We said ten goals, so it ended up being a little bit shorter than that. Yeah, but not much shorter. So look. It, there's not many great signs for the Gold Coast on the other side, obviously, stating the, the very, very obvious. No. Swallow tried, you know, Harbrow, you know, May was in and around there. But, yeah, look, our Matt Lyons, we mentioned each week. But, uh, yeah, look. They, yeah, there's, there's so many so many um, bandwagoners up there that just don't look like they care. And, no. They just yeah. don't. And, and as uh, a few people have indicated, none of them hurt. Not enough players hurt enough after a loss. It's just like, oh, yeah. 
Well, they're used to it now. It's yeah. stock standard. They don't know how to win. They don't know what that winning feels like. They wouldn't know what a win feels no, like. Not so, it's been so long. So it's really tough. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what the AFL are going to do about it because, yeah, well, they need to call it a day sooner or later. Well, I think it's the, the, the thing is it's a long-term prospect, they are saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with that, but the big problem is that now... They've spent about two hundred million bucks into this club, and it's uh, gone really nowhere. And most of the players have gone elsewhere, which which doesn't help. Yeah, all, so, the, all their top end, all the elite players have left there except for Lynch. Did you see pretty or May? There's not many, but did you is see? He, is he is he elite though? No, probably not. You're right. I saw a photo somebody put up from one of the early days of the Gold Coast and basically like a promo shoot, and pretty much all the players were gone. Gone. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was like wow, Caddy gone. Prestia gone. Uh, Lynch is obviously going to go as Brandon well. Brandon Matera so. gone. Yeah, um, gone. All gone. Ablett yeah, gone. Jaeger gone. Jaeger gone. Yeah, they've all just... Yeah, go, gone coast, actually. Gone call. coast, yeah. But no, look, obviously very, uh, you know, simple game to review because it's exactly as went anybody could have predicted. Yeah, exa- it went exactly the script. So probably not a lot of point reading through the stats. Obviously, Collingwood dominated every line. Next game, Spotless Stadium. The Giants won 95-84 to over the Hawks. Giants by 11 points at Spotless Stadium. Stressful game. This was an interesting game. So, a rancy dive. We had uh, old mate Strats <laughs> call out the rancy dive, which I thought was pretty funny. And then we had Ozkick, old mate Frawley, say, Did you, can you let us play? You reckon we can play? Which was good. I, I liked Ozkick, but he struggled a bit late. But yeah. that was funny. He's got, got some good lip on him. That was funny as that. That got picked up by the umpire's mic. It's probably the only good thing about the umpire mic because I don't want—I don't give a shit what the umpires are saying. No, I, I'm uh, funny when they pick up stuff from the players. But I thought the rancy die thing was pretty funny. So be hilarious if that's an ongoing thing now, where <laughs> players are calling it the rancy die. Well, it used to be the Lindsay die, didn't it? Yeah, it's the rancy die. So, I think that's funny. Strats I, is hilarious. So he's a loose unit, but yeah, look, it's pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I. I I don't like. I mean, I do and I don't. I like it from a comedy point, but he's not, Rance is not a diver. He's one of the best fullbacks I've ever seen play the game. But he does dive though. He but so but heaps of people do. He does. Yeah. He absolutely does play for free kicks. He absolutely does. But it's heaps of people do it. It's not just him. Wear, wear it with a badge on, I guess, like the uh, the Selwood. If you can exploit the rules, that's the problem. Is that it's not you can't necessarily blame him if he's no. going to get free kicks for it. Then yeah, absolutely yeah, and that's the big that but that's a whole separate discussion. Yeah, look, I personally I think this I think the Hawks let this one slip. I know that might seem a little bit ridiculous when, especially when you look at the stats, because some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, horrendous. Some, if you just looked at the stats, you'd sit there and go, "How did Hawthorne get within eleven points?" So contested forty. So JWS won contested by fifty three, yeah, which is so, the worst all year. Yeah, so something that Hawthorne. Ha- Openly has admitted that they needed to work on. Yeah, it's still getting exposed. <laughs> they still got biscuited. So, yeah. it GWS, you know, they were they were up by twenty four points at one stage, and I thought, wow, we're on here. And Hawthorne really, really pushed, and I thought, gee, they've blown this lead. And then you know they just kept pushing, and uh, yeah, the old mate Patton figured out how to kick a goal in the very end. His accuracy was horrific three yeah. sections of it it looked like he was you know right in that casbol sort of level he looked like he was heading towards there but yeah look it was um not the prettiest no. game it was probably the ugliest game of the round or well, not quite it was a mm. really bad one over in wa but That's we'll get to that, that in yeah. a second and i 
again, I think it showed the deficiencies of both teams quite clearly. Mm. Too much, still too much champagne. I don't know that the contested footy was higher than Hawthorne's, but really, they still don't know how to grunt out a win no. uh, to allow Hawthorne to come back within 11. Well, actually, <clears throat> had the chance to really take over in front in the last quarter. Shouldn't have been allowed. And then, obviously, Hawthorne's lack of pace when that midfield got on top of the Hawks. He really exposed Hawthorne's lack of pace. And I still don't understand where Clark goes out without playing some of these younger kids who are fast that are playing in the VFL. Well, I think he's going to have to now. Well, yeah, too little too late because I don't know if we play any fast teams for the remainder of the year. I was in really fast. I mean, St Kilda and stuff like that. But, yeah... I didn't see all of this game. I saw bits and pieces. Kind of glad because I would have got frustrated and whatnot. <laughs> it and was a frustrating Gunst- game. Gunston laid out wasn't ideal. So that's another obviously. thing too. I didn't know that had happened until the game had started. He yeah. was a bloody laid out. Laid out. And you would have thought the Medicos would have known if his calf was going to hold up from last week or not. I don't. I, that's, I think this is something that AFL has to get out of the, the game. I, it's horrible because you can't sit there and go, especially the amount of tipping comps going on out there. <laughs> Think of the tippers. The tippers. Well, no, no I'm, just, I'm talking about the professional punters out there mainly because there no, would have been a few player punters because Hawthorne. Had I known that, I would have thought about changing my tip. I yeah. ended up going with with Hawthorne. Well, no Burgoyne and no no Birchall. You need that swing man. Well, Hawthorne's game plan requires someone to be able to go back and forward. And when you've only got Sicily doing that, well, you can't yeah. just have one player. No, doing I'm not against Izzy. Izzy did a little bit too. Yeah. Well, they got they got bloody close. They got close. Um, I thought. In GWS a lot of ways, they probably should have won it. GWS were poor in other factors they as well. They still look like they're not going to be... Everybody's been highlighting the good bits. The, the Giants were rubbish in some ways. So you're right. In, to follow up what you were saying, Coniglio was really good. But Patton looks baked. And, and they were lucky to get to that scoreline. Yeah. So there were, there were a lot of things that were very surprising. They So early on, the game starts, and I, the first note that I took was they're playing Lob Cox style. So you know how Collingwood ISO Mason Cox because mm. he's so tall. Tall. So they played Lob because he's 400 foot tall, and we're doing the exact same game plan, really, as Collingwood early, and it only worked for about 20 minutes. And then Hawthorne figured it out. But he kicked three goals. And that's the problem, was that he... And that's really, uh, ironically, yeah. probably where the game was. So I had that... You know, he had that not, you know, taken place and certainly not been as efficient as it ended up being. There's a lot of yeah. things you can look at, though. You can't just look at that. But very early on, it was really tight. It was, you know, a lot of pressure. Hard game early to get many metres. I thought it was just sort of, you know, roll to roll to roll. But, it, yeah, GWS's pressure was, was solid. I thought Ward was excellent all day as well. Yeah, he's, he's definitely back to his best. Yeah, he had been a bit off this year, but I think over the last month he's shown that he's definitely one of the better... I mean, they've got a stack of good midfielders, but he, he is the one, along with Kenny that don't mind putting their head over the ball, doing a bit of the, the, the hard stuff as the well as the stuff. polish. Yeah, yeah. I thought Bruce was really good too. I think he's he's had a fantastic season, and you know he's just so accurate. He, he was fantastic yeah. on the day, and obviously another lazy fifty touches from Mitchell. from Mitchell. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean it's fascinating in relation to the brown line. We, we'll have to. He went at eighty percent efficiency, and that's Surely the thing. He and he, and he got a stack of tackles too. So yeah, what do you have? Thirteen tackles. Thirteen tackles. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, the other thing I thought interestingly was Nick Haynes 
was excellent for GWS in the in the defence. I thought he was really good. He and really Himmelberg, Himmelberg also. Looked, yeah, was it Himmelberg? Well, no, Finlayson. Finlayson was the other one that I thought oh, yeah, was very yeah. very good. Um, he kept Poppy pretty quiet. So mm. yeah, look, obviously they're in the eight now, so it's going to be hard to squeeze them out. But on that performance, they're not going to win too many games of footy against other, other not teams. against top sides. Yeah, I think this is some of the worst umpiring I've ever seen in the game as well. So that, there's too many of them. That's one thing I would say. The protected area. I've written protected area again. So that uh, there was multiple games where this was. Yep. So they've got to get rid of this rule as a joke. It's a horrible rule. It's a horrific rule. Yeah. So that I think the AFL's figured that out. They just don't want to change it during the year. So hopefully it doesn't cost somebody a grand final though. But they usually put the whistles away in the final anyway so that's the joke one thing I thought on the night too and I'd be curious to see what you thought Hawks are way better on the outside than they are inside that that throughout the game there were moments where it that, that just seemed really evident I don't know if that's a, a systemic issue in their game necessarily but on the night that was how it felt yeah it's weird it's a kind of a it's a weird one. It's a, kind of a juxtaposition because here on one side we're saying Hawthorne have got no pace, but they look so much better on the outside. They look like they did, well, they have been like that for a long time. Yeah. And then you sit there and you go, oh, well, Mitchell and O'Meara hardened them up in the midfield. I'm saying, yeah, but it's not Mitchell, Hodge and Lewis from years ago. So, no, yeah, yeah I, I still think uh, they need another big contested bull in that team. Like, I mean, physically, Mitchell is very good, but he's about five foot eight. Yeah. I'm talking about someone in 6'2", You want Well, Ollie, <laughs> someone to, that could be that type of player, just to release it. Release He'll come him a bit. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, love to have Ollie <laughs> once, but will. that's where I think Clarko and the team need to be looking for the future, even if it's someone in the draft that doesn't look like they're going to go in the top 20. I'm not sure when Hawthorne get their pick, but I think that's something they need to really look at because the young kids they picked up last over the last two years are all fast because they yeah. knew that they were going to be um, lacking in that um, area. The game's just getting faster. So, well, the, the problem is because of that lack of pace, it, uh, the irony is that it, it basically means that Hawthorne have to just keep playing on and keep attacking the game yeah. because they just don't have the pace. So they've just got to go for these ridiculous field kicks. And at times that really works. And then at times, it, 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 you and know... If, and if they can work around that... They love cycling back. A la Essendon, what yeah. they're doing. Oh, no, Birchall. Everyone's but Birchall as well, As soon yeah. as it, Birchall back into that uh, halfback flank on the wing, he, he'll straighten him up. But it's going to take him time because he hasn't played football for like two years now. So years, yeah. Yeah, so all surmising. Look, uh, I'm not. I was obviously wasn't surprised with the result because I picked the Giants and I just thought their midfield would be too good. Which they I should listen to you, but I tell you what, it was bloody close. Bloody close, and they're big eleven points is much closer than I would have thought. And obviously, had Gunson been playing, that result probably differed. I think Hawthorne played to their strengths a bit better. Uh, but yeah, obviously being the contested ball being that far out, that, that differential fifty. That's, yeah. you can't you can't expect can't that and win games like very that. tough so, yeah so scores through the game 5-3 to 1-3 at quarter time then 6-11 to 5-4 and then 11-15 9-5 and then final score 13-17 13 to 6 so Hawthorne pretty accurate GWS very inaccurate that was the other thing too they were they would there was so many times GWS would get it in there and then just butcher it once it got there so yeah. 
So. Yeah, they've got a lot of deficiencies in their game, GWS as well. I think they need to get better at protecting the corridor. That's going to hurt them against really fast teams like Richmond as well. Yeah, absolutely. If they come up against a Sydney at times too, but I think Sydney's still got pace issues and a few other things. But yeah, I mean, I think even Collingwood could really hurt GWS too. There's a few, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see how they go in the final series. Kelly's really starting to improve, which is great. As soon as they get Scully back, it's going to make such a massive difference. So that that'll that'll mean that they can do a lot of the things that they're struggling to do at the moment. And gee, yeah, it... and then obviously they'll get Cameron back in a month. Yeah, so that'll help. Well, I'll get him back, and then they'll also get eventually get old mate Toby Green too. So he's been out for so long now, we keep forgetting about him. Mm. So a few little things with Hawthorne. Do you think the game has passed Frawley? Because it did look like he he for a while now has really looked like he's struggling. Do you think the game's passed him? Oh, uh, yes, yes, and no. I think the way Hawthorne's back six, yeah, he gets exposed because he's not fast enough. Yeah, the first pick six um, included, if they were all fitting, I think it helps because then you've got Burgoyne and Birchall mm. peeling off. If Burton was back to his best of last year, then that uh, takes some pressure off. But because there's too much exposed in that back half, he hasn't got another big key defender helping him out. Yeah. That hurts a lot. It means he's got to do everything. He's so he's used to my Josh Gibson. <laughs> exactly. He's so used to having Gibbo there with him, um, or Hodgie, or someone else. Or that's going yeah, just throwing yeah. their bodies around and 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 taking um, him away. He's just slow though. He's just slow. So real slow. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Move. I know he's still got another year. He's got another year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he's not. Old, that old either so he obviously Haw- old, Hawthorne yeah. will keep him until um, they find because they haven't been able to find a replacement um, no. Caden Brand was hopefully going to be that and if he they get McGovern they might he just, yeah <laughs> he doesn't seem to well then he can go back to playing second fiddle which then he He's he in, might he, actually well, turn he becomes, it up again. He's in, well, he, yeah. a bit like... Um, so he's a second fiddle, not a first fiddle. Well, he's a bit like McGovern at West Coast, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, not as good that, way, probably. Not as, well, they take... Yeah. They, yeah. So, <laughs> no, but I, I, know, I know what you're unfortunately, saying. Unfortunately, look, if there was a replacement for him, I'd say, yeah. See you later. See you later. Like Sean Makers. He's cooked. Well, he's never going to play AFL again. No. Not at Hawthorne. Uh, Segsy, I thought, looked really off through pieces of the night. And then the other one was Langford, too. So I'm just trying to highlight a couple of, not necessarily players, but a couple of you know sections of the ground, too. So Langford, he, he ended up getting a finger injury, which didn't help. But even before that, he, he just looked a little bit off. But Segsy as well, just... I think just struggle with the pace of the game at times. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see what happens Well, to it's him. interesting, yeah, that him and, obviously, famously, him and Nick Nat went down in the same game, same injury, mm. and they've both come back and been very much a fraction of yeah. the players they <laughs> were before. Yeah, both been the same sort of so, player, so far. Yeah. Um, Langford, I kind of understood why you try, why the Hawks are trying to play him and trying to get him into some form, but I would have thought, you know what, against a very fast team... He's not fast, so give him a break and get a Cousins or a Warple or a yeah. oh, John O'Rourke. I'm going to mention Your his mate. name again until he gets a game because there's outside pace that I keep talking about. And everyone else keeps talking <laughs> that Hawthorne don't have. So we'll give him a chance. <laughs> I saw in an AFL article during the week. It said the forgotten... It was something about Hawthorne. It was like the forgotten man, John O'Rourke. And I was like, it's Smitty's written this. Oh, it's funny as. It is. I just... You've invested in him. You've seen him through injuries. Yeah. 
and he's finally started to play some consistent, like actually playing week in, week out at VFL level mm. and doing pretty well. Give him a chance. Who knows? He might be one of those players that excels at the elite level. I think during the week, Clarko's going to work on accountability a little bit as well because there was a few times where I think they just weren't accountable for either their opponents or other people's in assisting. So mm. they got wrong positioned a few times as well. I thought the Giants were good at mixing up going through sections of the ground too. So part of that was pressure and game plan from GWS yep. by sort of throwing them. But at the same time, I think he'll, he'll definitely, that'll be a key word on his whiteboard during the week, I would imagine. So look, obviously stats, you know, they contested ones pretty pretty wild. Uh, marks and so, so 50, 50 was ridiculous. Well, not, oh, not too bad. 10 to 7, but still obviously not great. Tackles and so no, 50. Tackles, yeah, was, so yeah. tackles and so 50 way ahead. So 20 to 8. So... GWS really a lot better at pressuring. Which, which is the one area that Hawthorne have been very consistent in over they did the years. They did it for pieces. Tackle, yeah. tackling inside their 50. That's Not they, enough through the game. But obviously they didn't uh, didn't do it this round. And it may, did make me think three seconds of the game, I wonder whether Hawthorne are going to get lynched because you know there, there were just moments where they just couldn't find a target. But Gunston out hurts, and if he'd been in there, that, that would have made a bit of a difference. So. Yeah. Anyway, we better keep moving. We'll keep talk moving. more about these two teams in the preview because there is more to talk about. Next Next game, Melbourne and St Kilda. Are Melbourne chokers? Big question of this one. St Kilda by two points. So massive scoreline again. 117 to 119. Saints, as I said, by two points. At the MCG in an incredible upset. And wow, Melbourne needed to win this game. And you thought this was in the bag. And I think so. This is the best, goes without saying, but it was the best I thought St Kilda have played all do, year. Do these two, before we go too far into it, no, do no, these two teams need to swap home ground? Because Melbourne <laughs> seemed to play Eddie Had much better and Saints seemed to like the G. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I'd, it's a bizarre situation. So we'll start with St Kilda because they won the game. The memory was fantastic. 4-2, Gresham 4-flat, really good. Even McCartan 2-3. Yeah. I think Battles, he looks like he's going to be a 200-game player. He looks fantastic, as we've spoken about him a couple of times. Armitage did his bit. Billings was great. Clark, I was really impressed with as well. Savage. They, it's taken them a great. while. It's they taken them a while. 15 weeks, <laughs> but I think they might have got there. They've worked out the game plan. They've done a, a late Collingwood, um, but we'll obviously find out if they can continue to play like this. Well, they, that, with that sort of miracle win that they had over Gold Coast, there was that talk going into the bye that you know maybe that would sort of rally them into a bit of form mm. in the back half of the year, and it looks like that might actually be the case. Yeah, because they were good last week, and they obviously got, got up and beaten what many people thought were a top four team. Well, I don't um, know. We, we probably didn't go as hardcore on them, but no. you're, you're right in that, yeah, they have been fancied as a massive team. I mean, look, it's, yeah, we'll continue with the Saints, but it is hard not to talk about St Kilda, uh, sorry, talk about the Demons, because it's, it's St Kilda are clearly way off. They're not going to make finals. That's, that's No, this up. is building they, for well, next year. physically this can't. This is building for next year and also building for uh, a big offer to a big star. Going, you know, we can play. Sloan. Yeah, you would think so. Or yeah. Lynch. Well, they'll go for Lynch, but they won't get him. I reckon he's going to go to a bigger team. Bigger than the Saints? Yeah. He'll go to Collingwood or Hawthorne or Richmond. <laughs> Richmond. Apparently the Hawthorne offers about 150 grand short to the other two. That's what I heard. And yeah, well, Clarko's not willing. Well, who knows? I don't think they've got the money in the cap, but they might. Oh, they've got money in the cap. They just doesn't like spending that type of money no. on one player. <laughs> Anyway. You'd rather get two. But no, look, but it, Saints, yeah. Saints, fantastic game. Really, fast, really impressive. Fast game, intense game, shootout style, absolute thriller. 
finally knew how to hit targets everywhere around the ground. Yeah. So they just actually look like an AFL team for the first time properly all year. Accurate game too. So 18-9 mm. to 18-11. So really accurate game. And you look at the worm. And look, St Kilda actually held it for well over 50%. They held it for all of the third quarter and in most of the fourth... Well, all the fourth quarter was right at the last minute. It looked like that Melbourne were going to steal it. So there was a goal, a couple of goals at the back end of the game, Lewis and Hogan. But yeah, look, fantastic to hold it on and to not lose a, a close one was really, really encouraging sign by the Saints. And tell you what, it, it, as you said, it, it's really encouraging signs for them for next year. And it's really hard to not talk about the other team. So we better move into them because, you know, Saints we can talk about in the off season and, and through other games. But yeah. the D's are still knee deep in this season. They've just let slip a serious game and they're a little bit lucky in a way that a few of the teams around them lost. Absolutely they are. But at the same time it still really hurts them. They had a serious chance to really kind of push back and you know they got gifted this game in a lot of respects it's at their home ground. Perfect conditions against a side that's struggled all year. And they saw the results of many of those games that were probably favouring them as far as being able to jag a top four spot and that still didn't give them enough motivation just to go out there and get the job done. So, yeah, look. That's three in a row now the Demons have lost. So it's it's the exact same conversation, really, that we had with West Coast. Yeah. So they were really solid for the first half of the year. There was all the talk. And then now, they've had a couple of injuries, ironically, just like West mm. Coast. So I think the lever thing is starting clearly starting to hurt them. The, the Vince, Bernie Vince, Lewis type, you know, conundrum of do you play them both and the style doesn't seem to allow them both to play. Lewis said on AFL 360, that's not that's not the, the issue, but then they dropped Bernie Vince, so that was pretty funny. So yeah, Lewis was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not the problem. And then they that... dropped him, so it was like, yeah. well, not him as in Vince. So it was like, well, it might have been. Cause I, I just don't think they can play those two in the same spot. I think no. Vince should be still a... A tagger, yeah. If he's playing, and I don't know whether Lewis should be in that back half or move him up forward because he is not fast. No, his pace has significantly dropped yeah. off. It's significantly from but, last year. But he, again, someone with high footy IQ, a bit like uh, in the sense that uh, uh, Ablett is, if you put him in a forward pocket, he's a very good kick and he just knows how to position himself well. So maybe that's what um, Melbourne can do uh, just to alleviate because the issue is that back half back line at the moment it's getting exposed without lever and now with a, a very slows a very slow Lewis yeah it's getting hurt and I think the other thing for me too is that you know we, we spoke about weeks ago with Geelong and Melbourne that, that these two teams are really you know not able to figure out where all their pieces go and I think this is it's where it's they're starting to both get exposed yeah it doesn't I mean obviously again like with the cats it doesn't help the D's that Hogan's not playing very good football and neither is Christian Petrarca. Yeah, it doesn't help. And I think the other thing too is a lot of teams are going to take note out of this game. If, if you want to beat Melbourne, nag Clayton Oliver. Yeah. Nag him. Pester him. Because you'll be in a situation where if, if you can really push him, he'll crack it. And that that's what happened in the game. It's not going to always work. He's a very quality player. Mm, fiery so redhead though. There'll be games where, where it won't work, but it absolutely worked on this. So... 
Yeah, really interesting game. I, I thought defensively they were killed high up the ground as well. You know, I thought, you know, Saints pushed all day. I thought D's got really exposed on the outside, and that's been a, an ongoing criticism of them. And, you know, as, as we spoke about with a number of their their issues and outs and, and a few players with a lack of form, that's that's really starting yeah. to have its effect. So the, the big thing for me with Melbourne is that in some of these losses is it feels like they're waiting for moments of brilliance to to kind of get them over the line rather, or sort of, you know, very individual type stuff, sort of like the Giants criticisms we've had on them yeah. at times, rather than guts and determination. Be like a Dogs or, or a Richmond, Richmond or, or Collingwood Cats, as well. Collingwood, yeah, all those teams that so, rely heavily on the team performing as a unit rather yeah. than one or two flashes of brilliance which yeah there are a number of teams that obviously because of their their makeup of their team or lack of success mm. um, have had to rely on someone or a number of players doing a lot of the work for them but yeah the other thing too in terms of pieces in different sections too Hogan as well what to do with him do you play him forward do you play him up the field the interesting conundrum within this year is aerobically he's much better but then you don't get the damage on the scoreboard so it's it, he's so damaging in different ways how do, how do you use him is this knife but you've got to use him in the right way at the right time and the second half I thought he was he was better um, you know a few goals in the, in the second half so it'll be yeah, fascinating to see what they end up doing with him next year yeah and I'll, obviously still this year ongoing will be interesting to see how they play him yeah I was going to say well, if he's not having the influence in the first quarter and usually if he's going to have a good game he's got at least one or two goals in the first quarter then like a bit like Sydney do occasionally with Buddy, throw him up field, get him, get his hands on the ball. Let him. He's such a beautiful um, user of the footy up the field. Mm. Allow him to um, get a feel for the game and and get the other four. That's the beauty about what Melbourne have got at their disposal now. Now Petrarca, if he goes forward, you can use him instead of. Um, Hogan so yeah. they've got op- options and I don't think they're doing enough with those options at the moment yeah so just due to the lack of time we'd better keep moving into the Dons North but we do want to talk more about Melbourne in the preview but look one other thing also with St Kilda Jay Gresham wow that, that guy can play he, he is fantastic Gresham yeah he's probably been the only shining light all year for at the Saints. one of the few yeah there hasn't obviously been too much he and Battle I think but have been really good so yeah We'll keep moving just due to lack of time, but we will definitely get more into Melbourne and we'll talk a bit about St Kilda for next week too. Don's North, so this is another massive game, huge score, 125-108. Essendon won by 17 points in the end, but don't let the scores fool you. It was a really close game all day. Yeah. Fascinating game. So 6-2, 7-2, so North up in the first quarter. 13-6 13-6 to 10-4 at halftime. So that halftime score looked like a full-time score yeah. in the modern game. And then 15-8 to 13-8. And then 19-11 to 16-12. Yeah, so, so beautiful spectator game. Five of the last six for the Dons. So along with Richmond, probably the form team. Well, it's fascinating, Important. isn't it? So it was the highest score at halftime since 2009. So this was just... An insane game. All the top players were fantastic. So on both sides, so Merritt, Cunnington, you know, Heppel, Zebel, like that's the thing. They all stepped up. Higgins was yep. was good in moments as well. So God, it, it, this this is one of the better games of the year without a doubt. This was unbelievable all day. So Stringer was fantastic as well. He's just so good in traffic, and you know, obviously really hit the scoreboard quite well. I thought his field kicking's really improved. That was really good to see, but. Look, we could go into so many different facets of this game, but look, these two teams match up against each other very, very well. 
It was a you know, very, very fast decade Eddie had, and it was just an insane shootout. Bombers just played on at all costs. That breakneck speed just really hurt North, and you know they, they just had unbelievable pace throughout the whole day, even late in the game when the North players looked gassed. Essendon just kept pushing and kept pushing, and just a couple of lack of targets on the North side. I thought Ben Brown really tried and played well. I think that really did hurt them with weight. It would have made a massive difference, but no weight in this game. And they uh, Essendon did a really good job of creating a situation where Mason Wood was the isolated player, and that kid can mark, mm. but he can't kick. And it's exactly like no, he goes exposed. Yeah, it's exactly goes like S- Sydney's McCartan, where he just he's so inaccurate. He just can't kick for goal. Yeah. And then he'll have a blind every game where he'll kick five straight. He could, but most of the time he's going to kick one six. Yeah, so, so that, interestingly yeah. though, for me, right here, right now, I'm not saying they would, Essendon have got the game plan that could expose Richmond. I think they're the only team that have got the game Maybe. plan for it yeah, because they, they are that fast. I would love to see these two play against each other. I know we had the dream time, but it, it, you know, hopefully and final, if Essendon are able to make finals, mm. gee, wouldn't that be... Other rafters would have people in it. That would be well, that NFL would love the fact that Richmond, Collingwood and Essendon and we're, we're all playing fine, especially if any of those wow. teams can play to each other, they get their money's worth. That's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, from, look, we'll start with the Bombers. So, Tip and Woody, you know, fantastic all day. Jim McGrath, he's, he's such a good player. Absolutely. Collier just adds real speed. Saad, that run, if you missed that run, it, that, I'm sure they would have uploaded it to the um, Essendon's um, YouTube account or the AFL YouTube account. There's this uh, point where Saad takes like 10 or 11 bounces and runs like half the ground and out just keeps outrunning people. It's, it's it unbelievable. It does it a la Michael Long from... It's ridiculous. Yeah. 93 or whenever it Similar was. Similar sort yeah. of style. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absurd. He, so he burnt Zebel at one point and Zebel yeah. was like gut running and he, he just like, you can see it on his face, he, he just can't catch this guy. Catch him, yeah, wow. Fascinating game. So look, North, right, still very much in the hunt. Doesn't help. They started to drop it a little bit. But I think you and I did sort of think that, you know, last potential. five to ten games of the year, North would start to drop a bit. Well, they don't They've even... been fantastic all year. Yeah, but they're just, they're, they're not playing the easy beats. They're no. playing holy, basically uh, high quality competition that are in and around playing finals for the rest of the season. I think they might only have one or two easier games. I didn't have them winning too many games in the second half. Because, no. Not because I don't think they're a quality team. It's just that they're playing the other quality teams as well. So That's the problem, yeah. And I think North are where they're at. And, and look, for me, it was interesting that Jacobs didn't play. I don't know the, the total end of that, but I thought that was a bit, bit strange that he didn't come in. He's been fantastic all year, but you know whether that makes a difference, we'll, we'll never know. Well, they've missed him for the last couple of weeks now, so yeah. maybe it is starting to have a, a I bit think of next effect. Week. Yeah. So yeah, look, Dor had his moments, but uh, look, the big thing for me with North is they they do lack a bit of a target, and I'm sure they're going to be into Tom Lynch and some of the other targets that will come up at the end of the year. But look, getting getting another target to assist Ben Brown would would be fantastic, and you could see why they wanted to go for a Dugowie type player because. Oh, yeah. He would have been fantastic to slot into that side. So a player like that would be really, really good. Yeah. So really fast game and look, enormous score at halftime. It just had everything, and it's hard not to sort of froth over the, the what the game was as a spectacle. I know we're sort of highlighting that a bit more, but it it was unbelievable to watch. And you know, it did have a few moments where Essendon put the the cue in the rack a little bit at times. But look, you know, it was such a fast game. They looked like they had it won a couple of times. But North, to their credit, kept pushing with everything they've got. And you know, they, they play a really beautiful team game. And, and North are really good to watch. 
Yeah, they they go wide and and they they set up defensively really well and they take the game on and it's exciting and they've got a you know they're not as efficient as some teams but their overlap run is is, is interesting to watch and yeah they, they they look great and and Fantasia you know on, on the Essendon side I think the thing for me is that he he's aerobically so much better than he was too so that that was something that I thought was excellent on the night a lot of Don's players just look physically so much better just in terms of their ability to just just more gas in the tank. tank yeah so you know even Stringer like you know early on it was like wow he's come back you know really <laughs> no good through the off season or, or he's had issues or whatever but he was so much better so so where does joe good game where's joe danaher fit in this side don't know and that's what's interesting and that's a good problem to have in a way very good they'll, they'll figure it out yeah. they, they, they will figure oh, he's it too out important. he's too important of a player and by it would take the pressure off your fantasias heppels um yeah other elements to not have to score as much as there is Smith as well they kind of need him to hit the scoreboard Tip and Woody if he has a down game so there is there is absolute reason to bring him back in yeah without he's he's back obviously but he'll get a fair run he's contracted for a while anyway so exactly but a really good game but we will have to keep moving unfortunately just due to time constraints but we will talk about these two teams obviously in the next one contested possessions 144 to 137 uncontested 261 to 222 so yeah look tight obviously as you can imagine marks inside 50 13 to 16 tackles 17 and 9 so Essendon just that extra pressure and just working those one percenters really well and just having that extra pace and run gives them a faster overlap and allows them to to sling it just much faster and more efficiently and, yeah. and play for that that extra player rather than going a little bit closer that North that you know that North so many times you could see another target but they either didn't have the gas to get there yeah. or field kicking just it just wasn't possible or you know but credit to Essendon their pressure all day was great yeah they're definitely playing the style of football that most of us expected that they would play throughout the year and I think they've made their run perfectly and I think they might just sneak into 8th spot and then do some damage come finals. So this is the thing so it it is we know now I would say I know out of this game now that the Essendon uh, miracle run for the 8 is on. Mm. The game's on and, and let's see what happens. Because this this is the it's game on and they're going to make a, a real shake at it. I can only see them losing one more game. I reckon they'll lose two, but yeah, they're, they're going to get bloody so, close. So very close, and then uh, obviously then and then next year, gee, that they'd be they'll be a massive uh, massive threat because I think they'll probably get it right. They'll learn a lot from this year. But yeah, North, look, they are where they're at. They're going to be a very very good side, but they're, they're just that couple of pieces off as we've highlighted. So last yeah. game, we'll have to go through this one a little bit quickly just due to time. So last one, which is fine anyway. Which is fine. Look, not a lot to come out of this. So Brisbane, Brisbane finally got their second win. Brisbane got a second win, 119 to 64. They beat Fremantle at home by 55 points. So Brisbane free went up to stadium. Gee, so Sandlance was very late out, which Never I helps. Did, which was really annoying because it would probably would have changed my tip. Five did a hamstring, so that's that's not ideal. We don't know the severity of that. We'll probably know that by tomorrow, tomorrow. so we can talk about that in the preview. Uh, look, Brisbane's going to obviously get a lot of confidence out of this. Rayner got the rising star. He looks good. Jared Berry looks like a player, and Freo's kids look like they're in trouble. You know, yeah, they looked good at the start, and now they're looking slow. Um, the the rigors of AFL footy are catching up to them, but. They'll look at this and go, well, Cops hang on. copped an injury as well. The Brisbane kids from two, three years ago are actually starting to gel and play some really good football. Hipwood looked good. Hipwood, McStay, these guys. Him, McStay. Um, yeah, they uh, they look good. So, better signs, obviously. Uh, Brisbane 
finally get a, another win away from home, um, which takes a little bit of that pressure off. Oh, we've had enough of hearing you're going to be this and you're going to be that. They finally actually showed the type of footy that they can play away from the Gabba and did well. Very big win. So they're two. They've probably got the biggest average winning margin of any team in the comp because both their wins have been fifty plus points. That's it. Yeah. So look, I think there's no doubt that that these guys are going to be really good, Brisbane. How how good they're going to be? I reckon they might sneak another win or two before the end of the year. So they'll probably end up finishing with four or five, which obviously is not yeah, a great still, result. Well, they still play the Suns and the Saints and the Blues. So they got some down games at the back. Yeah. So they'll, they'll win a couple, and they're better than a couple of those sides. I think right now they'd smash the Gold Coast. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd very surprised. They might smash them, maybe, but for 30, 40 points, I, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, you would think so. Frio, it's next year for me, for them as well, especially with Fife out, because yeah. any, any, they wouldn't take any risks with him. He'll probably have no, two to three now. weeks off, yeah. bare minimum. Ed Langdon. Ed Langdon. Langdon, yeah. He looks like he's a, a very good player. He's probably the one that's too, stood yeah. up for them all game. He looks good. I mean, look, that's the thing. They've got some pieces to work with. And look, they've backed Ross in now. They don't really have, to, ironically, with that ridiculous contract, they don't really have a hell of a lot of choice unless they no. want to spend a hell of a lot of money to get rid of him. And there's not, I don't think, I think it's probably going to be the best option at the moment. Is this Sam Lance's last year? Probably another calf. I mean, yeah, you'd imagine that he's he's been a a real ancient warrior, but you would think that that's probably... Time to move on. Otherwise, he's going to continue to have... They're going to have to blood, they have to blood someone. That's the problem, is it's going to get to this point where... They're going to have to learn to play style of football that doesn't involve Sam Lance. Well, Aitness came in and and he was, he's okay, but he's he's clearly not going to be in in that same sort of... Echelon, so I, I, I don't know. Well, it's a bit hard to call it early. He's only 23, but yeah, I, I don't see him becoming some elite, unbelievable ruckman, put it that way. But who knows? It doesn't look like that's the case. No. But so, anywho. yeah, look, not not really very little take out of this game. I mean, Fremantle, from their perspective, they're about really where we're at. We, we said that they, they would be a bit better, but you know, I, just I, disappointing that they lost by the margin by this at much. home, and they yeah. really let it go at home and I think they, they defended really poorly and I think that, that to be honest they, they lack leadership on the ground with Fife off and that's a concern I thought Neil Neil was trying but there's only so much one guy can do they mm. need more people to step up and look who knows uh, you hear that they're into McGovern and, and maybe they can get him to come across maybe. over there just keep him in WA and offer him a massive amount of money they have got plenty of salary cap room they've been offering you know massive money to Hogan every time he's and he's still in play in the next couple of years so who knows but yeah yeah, it's a fascinating scenario, but yeah, I don't think there's too much. We will talk. Let's talk a bit more about Fremantle in the next time. But let's wrap it up now. So, yeah, thanks so much to Hops to Home. Appreciate your time, guys. Thanks so yeah, much thanks for, for listening. listening. Rate and review helps us. It's very good. Gets people the out there onto yep. the dive. See yeah. you later. And yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow for the preview.